Welcome, one and all, to You Know What They Said About Power, Use It or Lose It, <laughs> episode 150. Oh my God, Woo-hoo. we have as many episodes as the Flash will have when Bart shows up, I think. <laughs> uh, yes. But we are at the latest exemption. <laughs> we recap the CTV in a flash. I am Tatiana, and I'm here with Jessica and May. And you can find us at ladieswgumption.tumblr.com, at dctvgumption on Twitter. Or at ladieswgumption at gmail.com if you want to send us some nice, long, juicy feedback. If you want to actually listen to the podcast, I guess someone might want to do that. You can find it at Apple Podcasts or iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and of course, Patreon, where you get the episode 24 hours in advance and you get to hear us talk about an extra special episode every month. Uh, That includes things like Bridgerton, Mandalorian, The Boys, The Witcher, WandaVision, Falcon Winter Soldier, eventually Loki, etc., etc., etc. Soon, we will be doing Invincible and Cruella, which feels so late now. It feels so irrelevant, but it could still be there. Uh, <laughs> and in the Heights, KJ sent us his oh, feedback right. for that. So we have, we have that's his gentle Heights reminder to do it. It is going Heights. to happen. We will do it. That will be our, I guess we'll do in the Heights like this month before it becomes totally irrelevant. All right. Uh, we do not have any uh, Super Analogs to catch up on, right? So we will just head over to the law, doing one thing right this week. Law and order. Dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. With Allison Mack being sentenced to three years in prison for that Nexium uh, sex cult <laughs> that she was in. And she kept trying to get uh, Emma Watson to join. So I guess at least we know that Emma Watson's not part of it because she sent like 12 yeah. tweets being like, hey, do you want to talk about this? At least she did not. Thoughts uh, on this conviction? <laughs> I feel like three years is was surprisingly low. Yeah, yeah, I was like, wait, shouldn't she? Because she admitted, I think she like pled guilty initially, right? To like actually, well, she probably I don't, these I don't women. Know if she got like um, she cut a deal. That could be one thing. She I didn't probably, read like yeah. how, what it was, or but she may have cut a deal to roll over on the dude, or either that, or you know, if they didn't have like a lot of specific things they could get her on some big things maybe but if she like admitted to certain stuff it's more likely that she probably cut a deal is what i would think yeah probably she probably gave him more information about what's his face and the rest the higher ups yeah yeah exactly um so yeah three years does not seem like enough but hey uh, in this day and age where it seems like no one is getting convicted for things they should or people are yeah. just getting released on technicalities or People are not getting removed from conservatorships, even though the person who is being conservatored is like, hey, I would not like this person to conserve me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, you know. They're trying times out here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Little victories, little victories. Anyway, um, I'm just glad that we got, like, like off of my, on the Britney tangent, I'm just glad, you know, you actually got to hear her her voice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, like, what, because there's some, you know the free Britney movement and people have been like dedicating their lives to, to looking at all these signs. Right. Now it's like kind of confirmation that they're not crazy. I remember exactly. seeing yeah. like a TikTok and um, of like one of her videos and, and kind of like wondering, but you know, you never really know. And then like it's monitored. So it's just like a, a crazy kind of situation, but it's good. Like yeah. she finally was able to have that space to, to tell her truth and in her side yeah. so and now everyone knows the truth because i remember after the documentary came out she made i mean she yes. probably not yes. her but they made like instagram posts saying like everything is fine i'm so happy i was just like what crock is this 
<laughs> it's such bullshit. And not to believe so. like everything you hear or something like that. And mm-hmm. you're just like, hmm. And now she's but, like, yeah. I don't want to be here. Please let me free. And I, I'm, I mean, it's really upsetting what the that the judge denied that after she actually claimed, you know, she said she doesn't want to be in it. But that's another story for another day for a longer venting. But <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it does. It does suck. It is very sad. Um, but I am glad that people know now, like you can, can no longer be gaslit that nothing is happening, and she's totally fine and happy with the situation. Mm-hmm. Right. So we we know she's not. Uh, and then courtesy of yours truly, or not really, more like adjacent to yours truly, that <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, woman is adding three more characters to the cast of season three, three, four, three. And for some reason, none of these people are Poison Ivy, but we have Jada <laughs> Jet. <laughs> They're probably uh, Jada- saving that for Comic-Con or something. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. We have Jada Jet, the CEO of Jet Industries, impassioned, industrious, powerful woman, work her way to the top, protective of her powerful reckless and... The powerful black woman, yes. Uh, protective of reckless and uh, menacing son, Marquis. Marquis? Marcus? I don't Marquise. know. It's spelled like Marquis or Marcus, but... I would say Marquis. Um, yeah, it's spelled like, we'll see, but the Marquis would have an E at the end of it. No, the, like, this is this is black culture. I here. know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I guess it's probably Marquis. Um, and also, she has a deep past that forced her to give up her first child. And we know who that first child was. It was Ryan. Probably will Congratulations. Be, will be Ryan. So then, You're a billionaire girl. <laughs> Marquis Jet, a uh, black man in his early 20s, a sexy playboy uh, <laughs> who grew up in a luxurious lifestyle. Now I'm like, why does he have to be sexy? Love triangle? I read that. I was Mary like, is this and Bruce? I, like, I feel like he's like a young Bruce. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's he's like what a young Bruce. Yeah. Going for. Yeah, but but whenever someone whenever someone's described as sexy, I'm immediately like, be, is it he going to be, be like a, a, like a, a, a double triangle between <laughs> yes. Luke, Stephanie, and Mary, and Mary, Luke, exactly. and, and Marquise? Right. And with, with Mary and Luke doing the bare minimum towards each other, because yeah, they're exactly as it is, don't worry about it. They're obviously going to just be together with absolutely no effort whatsoever. But <laughs> <laughs> it's so obvious, Tati, remember? <laughs> yes, it's so obvious like that it would be insulting to you to even give that film. <laughs> just be like, <laughs> anyway. So apparently he can only be kept in check uh, by his mom. He's, okay, so that's why his name is Marquis. Because he's like Marquis de Sade. That's why his, that's what his name is. Marquis de Sade. <laughs> he's, yeah, uh, he's a famous sadomasochist. He's sort of like, that's literally where sadomasochism comes from, his name, Marquis de Sade. Oh, okay. So it says that he finds delight in the suffering and terror of others. Mm, that's dark. Because as a child, he had a run-in with one of Batman's more dangerous villains. And after Which that, I'm wondering is like the Joker. Like it feels yeah. a little Jason Toddy to me, you know? Right, right. brainwashed and and mm-hmm. rewritten yeah the rest so is maybe written. he should not be here uh, <laughs> i don't know how that makes him sexy that sounds very unsexy uh but okay <laughs> well, he's just like sexy on the outside and tortured on the inside exactly exactly just how so, you yeah. like him <laughs> and then of course finally dun 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 we have renee montoya Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. Woo, she's finally here um, joining the third season, and they're looking to cast. Um, they they included Afro Latina in the description, which is great. Like not just Afro Latina, but like Latina or Afro Latina. So it's nice mm-hmm. that they are, you know, uh, making that evident that all all shades will be accepted. Um, she's uh she left the department due to GCPD's treatment of Gotham's marginalized citizens. So she mm-hmm. is a social justice warrior, as she should be. And since then, when she returned, she was relegated to paper pushing and is now in charge of the Freaks Division. Uh, she is enigmatic, virtuous, practical, uh, and ready to clean up the streets. 
Also, she is LGBT, and performers who identify as LGBT are encouraged to submit. So, there you go. That's nice. Um, obviously, in the comics, Montoya becomes question, so we would hope to see that happen eventually. But the first question is, who will she bone? Because yes. <laughs> <laughs> she can go one of two ways, exactly. <laughs> and they are both very tantalizing options. Mm. Yes, exactly. Sophie and Orion. Yeah. Um, this would be another great triangle, honestly. But I don't want them fighting over. I, know, I don't want. Either. Yeah, I don't want the triangle. <laughs> but I feel like I feel like Ryan needs a season-long love interest, so Renee could be very good for that. I think that Ryan is more in need of a love interest than Sophie is mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah. <laughs> so. And I also feel like like um, Renee's profile and Sophie's align a little bit too close that's, together. That's, that's, yeah. That's so they're kind of too similar. It'd be like two peas in a pod, which is not that exciting. And this, so this, this would be kind of like that way to get that wild more that people want that people maybe are not going to get yet. So they'll get this instead. Anyway. <laughs> Moving on from that, uh, it is the surprise of actually a few people. Uh, Jesse L. Martin, Daniel Panabaker, and Candace Patton all inked deals for The Flash Season 8. So, The Flash will be back for at least one more season, and everyone will be getting that wonderful Kavanaugh money. So, thank you, <laughs> I mean, uh, good for them. Good yeah. Good for them. Pray it shall be um, their last. right yes at this point prayer circle let it go out in you know at least on a somewhat kind of high let it go out just like an an okay let it let it go out in a plateau plateau. (laughs) so because you know next year they can't there's no excuse anymore covid that's right they better be gone through it we've all lips on lips (laughs) yes veterans now we all can you know we're at the end you can tell we're at the end because children are coming and they they're like hitting the pregnancy Mm storyline Yeah. And we already know they don't like the kids that they have cast for no reason on the show before. Like, God rest in peace, Jenna. Because I don't know whatever happened to you. <laughs> but they don't even want to, like, work the with baby that they, that they, like, you know, inserted into the show for no freaking reason. So I t- okay. totally doubt, like, once we get very nice children that we will see much. Unless they super speed them into an age where <laughs> you don't have to have children doubles. Should, honestly. Why not? <laughs> but I mean, that's what happens to Bart in the comic. That you just make it yeah. happen to the kids in reality. Yeah. But I mean, then, I like, think but either way, like, were, once like, they have kids, it's probably like on the way yeah. to live happily ever after. That's yeah. all, folks. Oh. Thank you for tuning in. No one dies. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> anyway, so uh, with that being said, unless you guys have more thoughts, we'll just move into the episodes. With May taking us through Legends of Tomorrow, Batwoman finale, and The Flash. Joy, no joy, feedback, nominations. Yes, please forgive my recaps this week. But uh, we do have side A, Gladys Place on Earth and OMG.over. Uh, on Legends of Tomorrow, with everyone finally back together, the legends find themselves looking into Nate, looking to Nate, not into Nate, to keep everything <laughs> calm while in the Old West on a mission to find an alien. After trying to keep things normal, Sarah reveals her secret to Ava that she is also half alien and the team, leaving them all shocked. Constantine, meanwhile, looks to Gary, who might have the answer to his problem about the 
that thing that is much discussed and I can't remember. The Town of Imperium. <laughs> yes, thank you. And he says the, the key is really with Aleister Crowley. Um, so he goes off on his own. Um, Spooner and Astra are forced to work together despite their clashing personalities, which ultimately helps push them to hone their powers together. And they meet uh, not Diggle in the past. <laughs> Meanwhile, Zari takes an unusual interest in Bharat's personal life because she is suddenly so nosy about who he is dating and who he's interested in, and she just wants to get to know him better. Uh, what sparked joy? Will you be Will you be sparking joy first, Jessica, or shall I be sparking joy? Um, I, I would like for you to spark your joy first. Okay. okay. Uh, so first things first. I did love how uh, Sarah told Ava immediately about her alien hybrid clone situation and so you know Ava was like don't worry we're gonna get this together and and I even like that there were moments where Ava did not feel like they were gonna get through it and she was very confused she's like why do you like milkshakes with What's cherries happening? with cherries yeah like I was like okay well, it's okay it's okay Ava and then of course once she got shot in the head like obviously it's like a huge like <laughs> concern to see that happen and then see her regenerate right in front of you so it made sense that she was a little bit shaky after that. But at the end, they decided once again that, you know, what's so great about normal? So yay for our favorite OTP. They did very well together. Uh, also, I love Bayrod aging a steak for Mick as like a thank you for bringing back Sarah. Very cute. Uh, and Ava being like, I think that you're maybe misusing the Wave Rider a little bit. It's like, well, at least he's using it for something. Because it's not really, y'all aren't really doing that much with it other than going to track down aliens. Uh, so yeah, both things were very cute. Uh, G- Gary hiding the Fountain of Imperium from John because he wants to protect John was very Gary. At first, I was like, "What's he hiding?" But then he was like, "Oh no, everyone has died." <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's why I don't want to tell you. I was like, "Oh, okay, that makes sense." Um, so yeah, that was also cute. Um, also, I loved uh, Astra and Spooner butting heads over like their powers and like training, and then at the end, of course, Ava being Ava, Astra being the one that actually inspired Spooner to change how she used her powers in order to help defeat. The worm creature, the have a, have a, mm, have a rock. The have a rock. Um, I really love, what I love about Legends is how it makes use of it, like every possible team dynamic, right? You never know what duo you're going to get. Like sometimes you know you're going to get like <laughs> more of one duo than others, but at least they switch it up every once in a while. Um, so no character is left behind. Uh, also, um, I like that the worm alien Hebrack thing was feeding off of rage so that we got to see everyone, you know, everyone's rage boiling. But the best rage was Nate's. Uh, cause <laughs> one does not think he has feelings to begin with. So when he actually expresses them, I was like, Oh, okay. I guess Nate has been feeling something. I kind of feel bad for him now. And just it was great that he then turned it into like a trap to get the, uh, Hebrack. That was all great. Also, Fist City, like, being suddenly full of friendly rule followers was actually, like, a fun twist at first, right? Because they're all like, oh, it's gonna be, don't worry, they're gonna be, like, super aggressive and, like, so much crime here. And they come like, no, you can't have alcohol. And you can't gamble. And I was like, okay, that's cute. <laughs> um, and then for that to actually be wrong, right, like, to right the wrong, they have to then make them, like, all a town of outlaws again. Town of outlaws again was fun. Uh, and also Nate's historical knowledge was once again useful in that he knew what was like, that this is off. The town's supposed to be like this. Bass Reeves is supposed to be, uh, the hero of the town and Stapleton, whatever. Like Levi Stapleton is supposed to be the villain. So like something's wrong here. All was great. Um, I liked Fast, like that we met him, that Diggle, <laughs> Diggle Reeves was there. I guess David Ramsey had fun with that role. Um, 
And I love that Astra got to deliver like the magic killing blow with the fire explosion thing. So both she and Spooner got to level up in their powers this episode, and that was lovely to see. And then finally, the cowboy narrator at the end was fun, and I would not have minded if he had stayed for a little bit longer to sing a couple more songs about the legends. I liked him. He reminded me of um, that random guy with the guitar on like Gilmore Girls that's always like in like the palace square and just like singing. Um, I I thought he was like a good touch to the episode, and I liked um. One big thing I liked about here, there's so much like Avalanche domesticity in the episode that was really great. Um, I think they said like babe like a thousand different times <laughs> during their conversations. Um, I liked the beginning when all the legends were just excited to have Sarah back, and, like, like all of her favorite things. And you know, Sarah and they were like, Tell me the tea, like, let's gossip. What happened with you? What happened with you? It's all like very, um, very cute, even when Sarah was like trying to you know, not lead with the fact that she's an alien and then like having to just like letting it all out that she is. Um, so all of that was, was fun. I agree. Like the going into Fist City, you're expecting, you know, one thing. So it's, it's nice, like twist to, to find it be like another, like there's a swear jar and there's no alcohol and no prostitution and all the rules. Um, so that was kind of fun. Um, it took me a minute to kind of figure out like, if I like the dynamic of Astra and Spooner, um, but I, I did like them. I, I kind of like that <clears throat> Spooner was taking on the calmer role because um, usually she's on the opposite side of that dynamic when someone's trying to like calm her down or pull her in a certain direction. And uh, this episode, for whatever reason, Astra was just like hell bent on chaos <laughs> and doing her own thing and Spooner was the one that was trying to like calm her down and you know like remind her of the importance of structure and teamwork and all this kind of stuff um so it was kind of nice you know getting there back and forth and when they're in the woods and they have their actual conversation their truths come out um so that was good growth there um I like the challenge you know the the whole crux of the episode that no one can get mad because that's what makes the worm come and it'll eat you so like everyone has to stay calm but like at this point in the episode there are so many little dynamics that all have like situations on the cusp of boiling over you have with um constantine and gary arguing about the fountain of imperium you have um zari and behrad having sibling issues over you know sister trying to like control her brother's love life and then you have you know um ava's worry about like what's happening with sarah and then you have like all these little you know asher and spooner buttonheads you have all these like little mini pulls of rage that people are are having to like control and they're not doing a good job of it in the middle of everything you have nate trying to be like peacemaker which was hilarious him trying to like get everybody to calm down as you know his de facto sub leader kind of role and then all of their arguing just like has the opposite effect on him and has him like blowing up. I thought it was really smart in the middle of his blow up to use it as a trap to lure the worm. So I thought all of that was, was really good. Um, I like that I'm not crazy and that there was something with Bihrad and, and Astra. Like we, I caught the Oh vibe. yeah, I forgot to mention that because like, yeah. it goes and to the, the vibe was there. It was like but mentioned. Yes. yes. We are not it, crazy. We'll, we'll talk about it later. But just the fact that it was, like, mentioned um, was good. Um, 
there were there surprisingly was not as much Bass Reeves as I thought there was gonna be. Um, but the the parts, you know, it's I think like this is similar to Batwoman where um David Ramsey is in the episode, but he isn't the episode. So um I thought that was kind of interesting. But yep. They're all my likes. Yes, I too was surprised because I did think that he I guess would have a bigger role because well, especially Sarah, in Sarah's on yeah. this show. I'm like, oh, yeah. okay. Um, but that did not happen. I guess it works that just because it's like time hopping and it's more likely that they would run into like a doppelganger than they would the actual Diggle. So. Mm-hmm. True. Um, but aside from that, which I did enjoy seeing him there, I guess, in the Old West. <laughs> um, I really did like um, how this episode sort of paired off a lot of the characters in general that we got to, like, the whole like John and Gary even dancing, and he's like, yeah, you must tell me where the fountain of Imperium is. <laughs> that was really funny. Um, and then Astra and Spooner sort of bonding, which I did not expect to see because a lot of Astra's arc has sort of involved John in particular for obvious reasons, but it's nice that she's sort of branching out on her own also and making friends. Like, she's the new person on, on the Legends, and Spooner's the new person in Legends, and now they're both sort of teaming up together and also being able to hone their powers, which I think is a great way to support each other and then also grow as people and um, into their own. Um, so that all of that was great. And, of course, like, Ava trying not to freak out about Sarah and you know because at first like some somebody tells you something and you want to act cool and supportive and you're like that's fine it's all good we can move on like normal and nothing's gonna go wrong but then you know Sarah has new abilities (laughs) and that's creepy because it's sort of like the first time they get a sense of who she is now because you know they still see Sarah but hiding underneath all of that is not the Sarah that they once knew. And I thought all of that was really interesting. Um, you know yes. what? That reminded me of one other thing that I liked about Sarah hiding the fact that she was the alien from the team initially. was that when they were all gathered together to do like the whole mission and Spooner kept picking up on her thought. Oh, yeah. And yes. Oh, that was funny. <laughs> and they were like blaming it on Gary. Gary really like, likes Ava. Let's go. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> oh, my God. That's right. Poor Gary. <laughs> Oh, like he's God. thinking about sexing up Ava. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> he's in the line of fire. <laughs> Took one for the team. <laughs> but yeah, all of that was great. And and I love too that she, you know, they didn't hold off on her secret. They she just actually told Ava immediately. I, f- I just feel like so proud of the Arrowverse that we're just the gap with the secrets is just growing smaller and smaller over, you know, time, which is really nice because I hate secrets. Um, so that was really great and sort of like gives Avalance, you know, especially after the whole proposal and establishing that they are the ship of the show, gives them another obstacle to overcome without making it necessarily like an issue within their relationship specifically. So I think that's really interesting and good for them. Um and of course, like Zari and Behra just having that sibling dynamic in which she suddenly becomes very interested in his love life because she just feels like she doesn't really know him as well as maybe she thought she did because i remember like several episodes before at the 
uh, what was the with the burgers at the fast food chain and um, Big Belly Burger. And, you know, she's like, oh, yeah, you know, he's teaching her a couple of things. But now she sort of wants to dig deeper. And it's true because, like, we haven't really seen even them as the audience kind of like have a lot of those conversations or team up in a way where they had something more meaningful going on. Um, and I like the fact that they're bringing this up so that we can get to know them and their dynamic more. Um, so I do like that. And of course, you know, Astra and Bharad flirting, having a vibe to love that, love that for the future specifically. Um, so yeah, there's like the main things and even like Nate getting to have a blow up at the end. Cause you know, I feel like we're really hard on Nate, but he, in this instance, he deserved that moment because he is always trying to like keep the peace. He's always like the cool dude, the chill guy. He's like, I have feelings too. <laughs> and you all get to be angry and I don't. <laughs> so that was really nice that he finally got to express those feelings that have been so deep inside. <laughs> but on that note, what did not spark joy? What made your feelings come out <laughs> what <laughs> yeah what called, the, spark what called the hatterectomy yes. <laughs> yes um well i did like while we said um i liked that Dari pointed out the vibe between bayrad and astra and so i'm very glad we were not crazy uh, i hope the show you know maybe maybe does a little bit with that but then like the show did not immediately they just moved on from that and then there was like some chick in the bar that was attracted to bayrad and suddenly zari was immediately like god all you ever do is just pine for bad girls it's just a huge problem in your life and i just need to protect you from it and i was like he's been here for like a year and a half and i've not seen him even think about women let alone pine for a bad girl who doesn't love him or whatever so i did not know this that he has like fallen for on the show that i could see is mary jane (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly he's pining for mary jane but anyway so then i was like this is kind of random like like it was like introduced just so they could have a reason to be upset so that then they could then resolve that conflict with the little worm thing so like i feel like that we could we could have been we could have threaded that a little bit you know there could have been an interesting thread there that we did not use um beforehand because like the 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 concept alone is not bad you know like it would be interesting if that was a trait of bayrod that was a problem but so far (laughs) it just just came today so I was like surprised. I was surprised, but I accept it for the future. And I guess Astra could kind of be like a bad girl, and then she could kind of like you know string it along, and then we could see. Well, that she play. was the queen of hell, so exactly. I'm sure that applies. <laughs> exactly. So we can see that play out in the future. It was just kind of like okay, <laughs> especially because she went from like it seemed like she was like oh you like Astra that's cute, and then she was suddenly like no not this other girl though right <laughs> not the white woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Reverse racism is what it was. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, just in general, I'm not like a big fan of like Wild West episodes. I know Legends loves them, but every time they do it, I'm just like, okay, we are here again in the Wild West. Um, so it's not like for what there's not like a particular reason why. It's just like, just like not my aesthetic, I guess. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, so then I was just kind of bored, like with the obviously Sarah's not gonna get dead again. So then, like she was shot with the, I know it was like the most dramatic possible, the most dramatic thing possible, but I was just like, okay, yes, let's shoot Sarah in the head. Um, just didn't, you know, just didn't feel it because I knew that it was gonna come back. I was not like the legends, unknowing. It would have been maybe more exciting or interesting if it had been a surprise, like we did not know she could regenerate, and then it was like. Oh shit! That would increase. <laughs> Instead, I was like, "Well, yes, that was the most dramatic way you could have shown them." <laughs> anyway, um, I like yeah. I know that Reeves could just be a Diggle Doppelganger, or like doesn't really matter. But I feel like they teased it as like a story that was being built with all his different like 
appearances. And then they're like, not legends. True. Well, he was a sheriff, it. right? Maybe that's the tie. Yeah, mm, and like go. the green, the lanterns are sheriffs oh. of the universe. <laughs> it's, a it's a clue. See? It's number two. Oh, yep. Man. You got it. You got it. So, so yeah. So I was a little bit confused because I was expecting there to be some like little piece of whatever story to talk for Diggle because he's only got two appearances left. So, whatever. Um, but anyway, but it was fine. Not, like, like even bothering with the rest of the universe. Like, yeah, you don't do exactly. that here. I'm sorry. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Cohesive storytelling? What? No. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, like, now, John was, like, leaving, right, to go search for the fountain of whatever to get his magic back. And this is, like, the first time I noticed. I don't know if this has, like, always been a thing where it says special appearance by Matt Ryan. It doesn't say that he is a regular did you Did you say that? Or I feel like someone else also pointed out. And I can't have... remember if it was you or if it was, like, because someone else was, like, why does it say guest like special appearance and not blah blah blah? No, I think it was Tati because she said it. In, on the okay, yeah. it was me. So okay, I, like, it was I, you. I did not go back and check. I was gonna go check. I was going to go back and check. Um, I didn't, but now I see a 2019 uh, Reddit post or thread about how they definitely have a legit Reddit reason to say special appearance by Matt Ryan in the credits to every episode this season. So. LOL. Even though he's in every single episode, every appearance is a gift. <laughs> okay, so that makes me feel better. It's just that I had never noticed that he gets the special appearance instead of being just a regular gas member. That's what happened. Because we saw that. Sorry and then thinks every every appearance by <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly. Um, and then because then at the end he was like, "Okay, I'm gonna go," and I was like. Well, I'm what? What's happening? I was very concerned, but now I'm less concerned, so it's fine. <laughs> um, I guess I could have put the goodbye in the likes, but instead I'm just it's just here in the dislikes because I didn't like the seeing those words next <laughs> to his name. So anyway, um, I, I also like I don't like the concept of Nate being chained to his feelings for Zari 1.0. Like I don't maybe because it's just like weird that we've got Zari 2.0 with Constantine and Zari 1.0 with Nate, and also I just never liked Nate and Zari 1.0. But if I'm like trying to do it without the bias of me just being anti that ship. It's so weird that like they basically even joked or implied that he's going there for like a conjugal visit. And I'm like, okay, yeah. because it's all sad and his feelings, but she's literally trapped there. She's like in this little room forever. So what you're doing is like giving Nate this little special path so that he can go sex her up and then she goes back to being trapped and like we're not gonna see how she's feeling. And then like what about other friends who might want to visit her? Should they all get little totems? So we pass the totem around so we can all visit Zari. Like it's just weird to know now that someone can visit her, and so, like, at any point in time that yeah. someone's not visiting, <clears throat> she's alone. Like, I didn't want to, like, you know, <laughs> I wasn't thinking about it before, and now I'm thinking about it. So, anyway. I um, feel like, I don't know, because um, I feel like Suara, when he had his um, interview with Tala, that, that was brought up about, you know, she's just sitting there waiting for stuff to happen, and, you know, Tala's like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's sad. It's sad. It's sad. <laughs> So, yeah, I was like, okay, that's upsetting. Um, but anyway, that's all. <laughs> Otherwise, well, you know, I still enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, I definitely I agree with you. I think it's, like, weird that I wish they wouldn't have done it because it just, it just seems like, you know, the whole – she's like a genie in a bottle kind of thing. And so it's just like whenever you rub her, she has to come out to <laughs> – Pleasure Nate or something. I don't know. Like <laughs> like you said, like all the rest of the time, she's just like in there, like listening to life go on outside and not being able to do anything herself. Um, and it's just not, 
it's not like the romantic sexy vibe that the legends writers seem to think it is i'd wish it'd stop um i wish that you know we had just like kind of avoided you know either have her merge with zari 2.0 or you know just disappear into this like because we're in a new timeline you know um but it's just kind of weird that she's stuck in a limbo that she can't get out of so yeah um and like although i'm glad that there is a vibe that we caught with big rod and astra i just thought it was really weird it's definitely weird that right after zari points it out astra is like extracted from the main plot and sent on a side quest with spooner and Bihrad pretends to be interested in, like, some other girl at the bar. And it just goes off into, like, a left kind of situation. Um, like, why bring it up and then separate them for the rest of the episode so we can't see Bihrad being, like, weird, flirty with Astra and actually being like, I don't, what? You know, or, you know, not really catching the vibe he's trying to put down. Um, so I just thought it was, like, I don't know. Like you said, I think it was meant to be a source of conflict to tempt the rage monster from coming out. But um, it was just clear that it was about Astra. They took her out of the plot. Um, and I also thought just Astra in general, I thought she's being really weird with being obsessed and fixated on this gold thing um, and wanting to take it by force or by like whatever. Um I don't know. Did she ever say like why she's so fixated on the school? I feel like she did like in their, in their forest talk with Spooner and, you know, she's saying that, you know, she just wanted to have control. Some, it, it felt like a really weak excuse. Like, I feel like why, I mean, this gold is probably fake <laughs> first of all. And then they found that it was like coming off the worms. It's like right. probably like worm shit. So like, yeah. what are you doing girl? You yeah. know, but I just, yeah. I just felt that it was like a weird story for her and part of it was just like to put her on a different plot line. So that was kind of weak to me. Um, minor dislike that I could have done without the visual of the hole through Sarah's head. But it was just like very extreme. Um, overall, I thought the plot was a little bit weak. Like mm-hmm. Levi was supposed to be this like scary outlaw, but all he had was a whistle. And that was like the extent of his being scary. And the, it was a nice plot that the whole town was actually in on it and corrupt. Um, but I also wonder like why... Levi got to be the one to hold the whistle and why no one tried to steal the whistle from him or, you know, um, and it's just, just like, a, you know, the whole worm thing was, it feels, it feels like something has Star Wars. Yeah. Back, it I was like the Mandalorian, the Mandalorian episode. episode yeah. One. <laughs> yeah. So season two, episode one. Um, mm, and then I'm not really sure, like the whole I feel like Bass Reeves could have been incorporated better into the plot because, like, for most of it, he was hiding behind houses like Stalking, Spooner, and Astra. So I feel like, you know, I mean, at least at least David got to direct the episode, so that's part of the reason why maybe he wasn't in it as much. But I feel like he could have done more, and they could have utilized him more, especially as you know, you had Nate have this his his history spiel in the beginning about how he was this great outlaw. And being a black, uh, not great outlaw, great sheriff, and being like the first black, I think he said it was like the first black sheriff, blah, 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 blah. I feel like that should have had more importance in the episode than it actually wound up having. Right. Yeah. 
Yep. I agree. I think, sorry, was that the end of your likes or dislikes? That was it. Okay. Yep. <laughs> um, I agree about that. And I think, especially when all the other shows, he's doing an appearance and he's directing separately, literally for everything. So I feel like he just came to Legends. They're like, do you want to play Bass Reeves? Because he's there. And like, okay, I guess. <laughs> because it had no bearing on his story uh, throughout the rest of the Arrowverse or anything like that. So it did feel random. And I was sort of, I thought it would be funny. It would have been funny if, you know, Bass Reeves did cross paths with Sarah, but they didn't meet. And she'd just been like, Diggle. He'd be like, who? <laughs> and I thought that, you know, could have been something that they did, but that was not. So I feel like that was a missed opportunity. And also, I know that they had to have the gunfight between Sarah and Levi, but also considering Levi and Bass Reeves switched places in this, you know, moment, it could have been cool to have them have a showdown. Like, oh, take sort of like Bass Reeves reclaiming his spot as the sheriff of the town or something. So I do feel like the role was minimal for a guest star like David Ramsey, um, who was well known. And I felt like disappointed because I wanted more. (laughs) Um, Agreed. Yes. (laughs) yeah so there's that and then the whole i don't really like their old west stories either i don't think i even remember what the plot of the last one was to be honest um and i think that as much as i enjoy watching the legends kind of roam around and and develop with each other and whomever has powers that i was I don't know. I feel like maybe this is just a drop this season, but I always felt like in previous seasons, wherever they would go, people, the people there would be more memorable. That makes sense. Like there was nobody here that was like cool who they were interacting with or anything like that. It was just, they were there and these are the rules. And then they had to sort of work around them and figure things out. But it wasn't, it didn't feel like a place that you could like walk away and say, yeah, those characters were cool. Like let's come back here again or something like that as you know, the audience. So that was a little bit underwhelming. And the whole issue with Nate and Zari is weird. And you ladies have already pointed this out, but it is strange that a, I thought that we'd wrap this storyline up for him in the sense that he got some closure. He recognizes Zari 2.0 is not Zari 1.0 and you know I have to accept that and move on because we've been over this several times now and then he's still sort of like Nate had a lot of feelings and that's fine but it still is frustrating as uh, as me who does not like the ship necessarily and also from a storytelling point of view to still be like hooked on Zari 1.0 and I think that the end part of it would have worked better if it wasn't just about his feelings of like missing her or feeling like neglected or whatever and versus like oh my god what is Zari 1.0 like if if Nate was the one who like you talked he was wondering what is she doing now is she trapped forever what's going on then I feel like it would have been a good scene for Behra to be like you know what you can go check on her and see that she's doing okay or something like that and I think that would have been a little bit more satisfying than it just being about Nate's feelings because it's always just about Nate's feelings (laughs) and that's like frustrating because it's like now we're getting just a one-sided relationship that's never actually going to come to fruition on screen anymore so it's just really really weird um I liked Constantine like going off to find the 
you know, Imperium, Fountain of Imperium, but I don't like that he's going off on his own. Um, just because like I do want him to be involved with the legends or have Zari tag along because I think that would be really fun. Um, especially since he doesn't have his magic anymore. So I felt like that was a moment where I was like, oh, I I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it was an okay episode, but just a little bit underwhelming in terms of like the plot and some character aspects. But what did our feedbackers think of this episode? What a good question. Let me uncover the mystical, magical wonderland of what our feedbackers may have thought because I did not previously open our Gmail. I know, I know. Well, we have a Swara. Did a Swara mention? Yes, a Swara mentioned the Legends. So, Legends this week was overall good. I found the plot of the Western town being forced to act polite quite amusing, even if the space worm aspect was quite random. (laughs) It was indeed random. I really liked all the various character dynamics and interactions we got, and it was a great usage of all members on the team. Especially I loved Zari and Bayrod deepening their sibling bond and getting to understand each other better. I love them so much, as you should. Also love Spooner and Astra getting to know each other better and complimenting each other's power sets and personalities. Yes. Um, now I sh- now I ship the Rodstra. <laughs> it didn't feel forced, and I think Olivia and Cheyenne have great chemistry. I agree. Uh, they're like yin and yang in a way. Astro's very straight-laced and serious. They ride as king of chill. It'll be interesting to explore that relationship. Um, it kind of makes me think of... Well, actually, no. Let me not. I won't say it. All right. Uh, also love the Ava Lance storyline. Sarah being insecure about her new alien hybrid body was really good, and seeing Ava continue to be there for her was really great. Even though the screenplay was weak in some areas, I thought David Ramsey did an overall great job directing. That's right! You know what? He did do a good job directing. I forgot that he was also directing. I guess that explains why he was in it not that much. <laughs> um, I can't wait to watch more of his episodes, and the cameo was ridiculously, delightfully ridiculous. Not ridiculously delightful. As legends should be. Love that. Uh, who else we got? Uh, we have... Is this... Lee? <laughs> um, legends the sheer number of times Sarah and Ava aggressively called each other babe in this episode I get it I'm single also the actresses <laughs> said fuck COVID we gonna make out <laughs> but for real who is making the distancing touching rules because the disparity is different between the different shows yeah I, I'm gonna guess it's either the showrunner or the actors themselves who are like I'm, I'm comfortable with this I'm not comfortable with that that's what I would guess um Astra and Spooner, it's fruity, okay? It's fruity! <laughs> Enemies to lovers kind of fruit. <laughs> I actually really like that we didn't get so much angst drama about the whole keep it a secret thing. The team not being able to keep a secret from one another for the entire episode is very refreshing. From other CW shows whose secrets and lack of communication causes unresolved shit for minimum three episodes. I've, and finally, I've always enjoyed their Wild West episodes, but this one has got to be kind of weak. I like the whole we aren't normal and the fights and the resolution, but the alien was quite boring. I think it was a good episode, but right after the whole Avalanche engagement, it fell short. I agree. I think that probably the biggest thing was that it just didn't feel big after the last one. So, um, and I think that's it for our, the feedback. Yes, no, maybe. All right. Do we have any predictions? I really don't know where they're going from here <laughs> because they did save Sarah. Are we still stopping aliens? Is that the plan? We still have to stop the rest of the aliens? 
I guess so. Somebody has it, to remember uh, Kayla. Kayla. Maybe like, she'll yeah, come back for back revenge Kayla, or something. Yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really don't know what we're going to do other than stop more aliens. Yeah. I guess, is Bishop even really dead? I, well, yeah, I guess that's another one. He could be not dead. Well, well they'll figure it out. The show. Yeah. Right. You know, does its own thing. <laughs> All right. Moving on to Batwoman season finale. Ryan questions her place as a city's hero as she, Luke, Mary, and Sophie must join forces when Black Mask instigates chaos in the Gotham streets and that he tries to pit everyone against Black Mask only for him to rise as the hero of Gotham as Roman Sionis. <laughs> Because that is what villains do. Um, meanwhile, Alice's attempt to rescue her sister means another encounter with Cersei. But all ends well because, of course, eventually Cersei remembers that she is, in fact, true, true Kate. And the two sort of reunite in her memory <laughs> before mm-hmm. the cops come and pick up Alice and send her to Arkham. Um, in an epic standoff, unexpected alliances and transformation will upend Gotham as we know it. And of course, most one of the most important parts of the episode is Luke becoming Batwing after finding yes. some pictures of uh, drawings that he had drawn. And then his dad made him a whole ass suit, which was amazing. So he made his first debut on the Gotham streets, rescuing Mary of all people first. Hint, hint. Uh, I guess that's the writer's way of being like, look, a ship. <laughs> uh, and of course, uh, before Kate leaves Gotham City for good. We assume um, she, you know, formally hands the mantle back to Ryan. Not that it was ever gone, but, you know, she's like, you are Batwoman. And that's that on that for all the fans out there who are still not getting it. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a lovely moment. And of course, we end the season on a fiery kiss between Sophie and Kate as a goodbye as Kate lets her go. So she can pursue other people and be okay with it because Kate is alive and well and she's off to do her own thing by looking for Bruce, who we don't even know where he is. But she will be there and she will find him eventually, I'm sure. Uh, and that is what you missed on that one. What sparked joy? Um, I thought this was a satisfying conclusion overall. And first, I need to skip all the way to the end because that kiss, I'm eating my dessert first and... The Sophie Kate kiss is like my dessert because that was like a great kiss. I don't even know how Kate managed to leave Gotham that night after a <laughs> kiss like that. Because, <laughs> you know, okay, she's like, I think we should break up because we should, we both deserve something easier. And like Sophie, it was like almost like a dare, like I dare you to find someone that is better than this kiss right here. Um, so I don't, I like, I don't know how she left Gotham after that. I really don't. <laughs> but it was great. Um, fantastic chemistry between um Megan and Wallace so that was that was a great scene um ultimately I feel like I'm my overarching feelings is relief that the writers managed to release Kate from her Cersei prison with enough time to give her meaningful moments and goodbyes with Mary and Luke with Brian having a conversation um with her protege the new Batwoman handing over that mantle with Sophie um as I mentioned before while also giving a plausible explanation for why she's leaving town in the first place, like going to look for Bruce off screen. Um, I, I feel it was like a, you know, a plausible explanation for why she can't stay. I was really surprised is that thought they were going to make a way for her to stay. Um, just with the way that Wallace seemed to mesh with the cast and the, you know, I don't know if the writers like loved her or not just because they, they left Kate off screen so long, <laughs> but um 
it seems like it would have been easy to write her into season three if they wanted to do that. Um, but coming from Caroline's like postseason interview, um, at least for now, they meant it as like there's a finality there. They have no immediate plans to bring her back. She's truly there for a limited time only. And I think that Ryan, Han- Ryan fans will finally have some space to kind of breathe. Um, cause like for a while there's all the, like, I don't know what they're going to do. I know what they should do, but I don't know if they're going to do it. And they did it. So now we can be like, whew. And now I feel like season three will actually be about Ryan. Right. Um, and have her fully step into that. So I feel like everybody can just kind of like relax <laughs> now. Um, I liked just in the, the episode, like backtracking to the beginning of the episode and everything with the whole like, forever purge that Roman's I always was trying to like accomplish here. Um, I like that, you know, with Ryan feeling so insecure about possibly being able to defeat Cersei and her being Kate and that whole kind of OG Batwoman, new Batwoman kind of dynamic that she was struggling with. I like that both Sophie and Mary at different points were having her back and giving her her own pep talks about, um, you know, that she is Batwoman, Batwoman and giving her like confidence to go after Cersei and to, you know, be definitive and, and, um, confident, even without the suit that she still is Batwoman. So I like that, getting that affirmation throughout the episode. Um, I liked Alice and Ryan finally being on the same page and working toward the same goal of freeing Cersei and, you know, the the final fight on the bridge when they like pepper sprayed her with snake bite. I liked Alice's um you know when they both fell into the river. Um Alice's hallucinogenic vision of ocean. I was really I really liked it. Um I know like some people think that we are not fans of Alice and Ocean, which fair that were too hard in them, which that's fair enough. But <laughs> I actually I was a fan. I did like the last two episodes. I liked them. I and you know him being dead. I don't know what that says about me. But I like those so much. <laughs> <laughs> but I really liked. I, I guess I liked the um, how much emotion that we got out of Alice. Um, I thought the subway scene was like really beautiful, and you know, you know, she's like, "You died because you were on <laughs> TripAdvisor.com looking for vacation spots for us," and you know. Just like the whole goodbye and the fact that, you know, he was like, just because I'm gone, don't let go of this human emotion that you have. Keep continuing to grow. So I I really like, I thought that was really sweet goodbye for him um, and her like relationship. And then like, you know, the, the visual of her touching Kate and Kate, mini Kate going through her own thing of just like opening a door (laughs) and finally like coming back. Um, so I, I felt, you know, the sister bond there, you had, you know, out Al- and Alice's bond with Ocean, all that was connecting and it was a really nice emotional moment. Um, I like the city of Gotham for rejecting Ryan's two weeks notice of like quitting Batwoman. It was like, I don't think so. And, you know, I even like the fact that they use the black mask mask because um, we got that like shot of the the family and the dad like, and the, the, the son is like, look, we have a mask. Let's put it in the window. I'm like, what are they talking about? Um, and I thought it was like something like pro black mask, but it turns out, you know, they were using the mask to make their own little mini bat signals in the windows, um, which Ryan got to see, which I thought was really, really cool. Another kind of affirmation that, you know, the city needs her. Um, 
I loved Luke finding the prototype of the Batwing suit that Lucius made for his son based off of baby Luke's drawings of what Batman would look like if he was black. Um, I thought that was great. I liked Luke saving Mary <laughs> from um, Tavaroff and her falling off the building. And it's it was set up to be such a swoon-worthy moment that he, like, saves her. She's like, oh, my God. Yeah, she gives, it was, like, a chance to see her in a new light. But instead, she's like, what is happening? <laughs> like, what what's going on? So it just kind of went, like, a different direction, which is hilarious. Um, and I also like uh, when she was talking to Luke on the walkie-talkie. And she's like, oh, my God. Over. <laughs> Like, she was, like, surprised, but she still, like, kept in with, like, walkie-talkie um, code and saying, like, over when she was done. Um, just, like, a, a funny moment, and I think Nicole delivered it beautifully. Um, but overall, I th- yeah, I just thought it was, like, a really solid ending. There's a lot of, like, tension and, you know, what's going to happen and how's it going to end kind of thing. So it was great. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. I thought it was um, a good way to close out Kate's story um I think I like that her desire to go look for Bruce was kind of inspired by that like momentary reconciliation with Alice and the realization or final acceptance I guess right that she had previously failed her sister and now she's found her sister again but there's they can't go anywhere until you know Alice is like well I'm gonna be Beth now right all that's left is for Alice to be sane so, so what's next, I guess, is going to go find her cousin so she doesn't repeat the situation where she loses a family member or doesn't do all that she possibly could to recover that family member. So I thought that made a lot of sense. And I know that, like, I, even though I feel like, realistically speaking, because Sophie just quit her job, right, and literally does not have anyone <laughs> in Gotham, like, she can just go live with her parents or, like, you know, her sister or whatever. But, like, there's no one that she really interacts with on a daily basis. She easily could have been like, will you come with me? And I'm sure Sophie would have said yes. And they just would have been together. But they don't want to lose Megan Tandy, which is fine because I don't want to lose Megan Tandy. So I like that Kate didn't even ask. Because it's always awkward when they do it, like, with Angel- Angelique, right? When Angelique told Ryan to come with her. And Ryan was like, I can't. I have to be Batwoman. <laughs> you know, like, so it's better that she didn't even ask. And she was like, hey, maybe I'll see you again in 10 years, or maybe you'll find someone better. Um, so also, yes, the kiss was great. Thank you for rejecting COVID to make out for that moment. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wallace did a great job embodying uh, Kate Kane. I felt it. Um, it's too bad she didn't get to be Kate no longer, because I liked her Kate more than her Cersei. <laughs> but oh well. Uh, so, so yeah, nice send off for Kate. Everyone can now be happy. Um, at peace and starting the journey all in with Ryan. Uh, speaking of Ryan, love that she came into her own, like, as Ryan, right? She was able to speak up for herself at the uh, parole hearing, you know, and give one of those, like, mic drop speeches. Oh, I forgot with- about the parole hearing. Yeah. Um, with I also, like, as I was writing my thoughts, I like, it's almost like it felt like it was in a different episode because it didn't necessarily, like, fit in with the rest, but I loved it, regardless. <laughs> um, but I thought it was I, dumb. She was like, no, I haven't changed. Because <laughs> like, did that for, like, a fact. But, it was still, like, a good speech, but, like, come yeah. on. <laughs> because she was like, because I've always been good. You know, I never did anything wrong. I've never done anything wrong in my life. <laughs> and, and the parole hearing was like, I know, and I love you. <laughs> so anyway, 
Um, so yeah, I love that. And I also love the kind of like Sophie kind of helped inspire that, you know, when Sophie was like, no, I think you are more than this. Um, and also all of Gotham was like, you are, <laughs> we need you. Please don't leave. We don't want Kate back. We don't know what, we don't know Kate, but still, we don't want her back. <laughs> um, and also like, you know, like Jessica already said that they used, they used what Black Mask gave them to basically choose that woman, which was great. Um, it's always nice when you have a real interplay between the city you're defending and its defender. Um, and that's probably been one of Batwoman's, uh, like, Batwoman's been better at that than most of the Arrowverse shows, I would say. I guess Arrow technically did it a lot because Oliver Queen kept opening businesses and running for mayor and shit, but we didn't actually know the people or, like, how they felt. Yeah. Like, how they would feel about like Oliver the only Queen time thing. that that <laughs> happened on Arrow is, like, the end of season two when he gave that speech. Right. To everyone, and that was like, it. was that like when he was like standing in a car, and they were like, yeah, yeah. let's go, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, eh, whatever. Um, but anyway, so I really did like the story for Ryan uh, personally, as well as for Kate personally. Uh, also, yes, of course, I absolutely adored that Luke found those old drawings. Like, so we saw that Luke is a youngster, you know, had this like big imagination and ambitions, you know, whatever, like a, a heroic less practical, if you will say, ambitions for himself. And then we saw that his dad actually wanted to help make them reality or wanted or was inspired by him or whatever, you know? Um, so it's nice that he's wearing a suit that his dad made that's basically for him. He's, like, it brings us, I guess, a little bit of closure from when he nearly died. It was like, I just want to talk to my dad. I'll die so I can talk to my dad. But now he lived and as his reward, he got to wear the thing his dad made for him. So, and now he gets to, you know, hopefully get a second uh not chance at life but you know a, a recharge <laughs> more excitement for life and the fact that he saved went a wendy mary was great because that's our one you know <laughs> move towards <laughs> luke and mary in the entire season thanks guys we did it um i did think that alice's farewell to ocean was beautiful i definitely like you know a little bit of tears i love that at least in her mind, when he is dead, he encouraged her to, like, you know, pursue love and, like, you know, not only cling to him. Go go love other people as well. That's good. We need we needed her to hear that because otherwise she could very well just gone off the deep end totally again. And it seemed like she might not have had the police not come for her, but, you know, we'll talk about that later. Maybe <laughs> she would have actually uh, been a useful anti-hero character. She could have gone off Kate. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, well, that's true. For their, and yeah. there you go. That's why, that. they, that's, why, exactly, that's why they had to put her in jail. Because that's another person who would have been like, I'll join you <laughs> off screen. <laughs> so anyway, um, I I also loved uh, Kate's memory uh, finding Beth. And then also that she kind of like recognized they had like that, like that two seconds before the cops came. But it was beautiful. Um, so yeah, all very sad, um, but nice. Uh, and then finally, I love that the community center is going to be above the hospital, which is now the legit hospital. So it really feels like, um, that team bat is staking their claim on They're investing in their community. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. This is like, you're giving back to the people. We are actually here for you. It's great. So it goes back to actually caring about the city and its citizens, which we don't often see on these shows. Um, and then finally, Poison Ivy. The, the Vines. That's Poison Ivy, right? That's what I'm going to say. I'm very excited. Hopefully we get to see her. That's all. Woo! 
end scene. <laughs> um, beautiful thoughts. Um, yeah, I mean, like it. It's so weird to, I guess, like be surprised that the season finale was so good, even though I'm like, but the whole season was good. <laughs> I think that they built up everything really, really well, and they really delivered on kind of like wrapping up all the major storylines of the season. And I love, I always love the idea of, you know, a suit sort of like the suit here in this instance empowered Ryan to be something more that she than she was, but all of the elements of Batwoman that she's made were already within her. And I like that conversation that she had with Sophie about that because you know, it isn't always, it isn't the suit that makes the hero, as they say, you know, it's the person who's wearing it because anybody could put on a suit. But the fact that Ryan embodies those. We've had two imposters try this season exactly, alone. Exactly, exactly. And they've all failed because they are not Ryan. <laughs> so I love that moment. And I love, again, when uh, Kate tells her that she is Batwoman, that she is like a great successor, that she will take care of the city because she can give it's something that she could never give it. And I like that that conversation sort of wrapped up the whole discussion of whether, you know, Kate will be back as Batwoman because it's, it's not. Ryan is Batwoman now. That's what's happening moving forward. And I I was ready for them to keep Kate around too. So I was actually surprised that like theories from like maybe episode two about, you know, her leaving Gotham City behind came true. <laughs> because I think that's, you know, they promised they wouldn't kill her and they didn't. And I think her story really came full circle in the sense that she started, she came back to Gotham because Sophie had been kidnapped by Alice. And now Alice was slightly better. (laughs) Um, And Sophie was, you know, doing fine on her own too. So she feels like she could leave Gotham in a semi, in semi good hands and great hands actually, and go find Bruce who she had been like writing to for so long and now she can actually do something about the fact that he is no longer around, but he's not dead as far as we know. Um, so I like that whole story for her. And I like that even like Ryan's story came full circle from the whole, her being on parole, her being accused of being like a criminal or whatever to her, you know, having her say in front of the board who just look like assholes, to be honest. (laughs) So I'm glad she finally got to like say her piece um and even like a, even though it was like abrupt but like opening the door to her knowing that her mom her birth mom is still alive somehow because i think that that opens the the doors for like storytelling for her next season because you know we've said a lot that she's sometimes felt sidelined this season because of all the kate stuff but now that kate is out of the picture and in a way that felt you know very satisfying we can move forward with more about ryan's history and not so much about like just the fact that we know that she has an adoptive mom and stuff like that so we can get more about her in season three so i thought all of that was great and all of the character bonding was amazing too and luke obviously becoming batwing i felt was even though it came in the last episode it didn't feel like it was forced or anything it was just like he was snooping downstairs for something for the what they were investigating it's like oh i came across these pictures um and of course we know his dad was a master builder so it was just really nice that that, like his dad built it for him and not something Mm -hmm. like oh let me just get into the workshop and put it put (laughs) something together here and come up with a whole suit like the suit was already there so yeah exactly and that felt like moment felt earned for him because he had struggled in the time that like post 
after coming out of um, coma or a near-death experience and having a moment where he's just like, what is the point of my life really? And doing and finding this and being like, I have like a rejuvenated sense of purpose, if you will, which is really nice to see. And even like him, it wasn't like, I mean, it was a heroic moment, but also he caught Mary and then just felt like fell to the ground because he's not well versed in being a superhero yet. Mm-hmm. So I like that. We got that too. Like it was very like, yes, I will save you. But then, Oh, malfunction. <laughs> I don't know how to work this suit yet. <laughs> so that was really nice um and i do agree about you know that moment could have been a really nice romantic moment but it was just also played for laughs and i'm like okay show okay (laughs) um the kate and sophie kiss amazing fantabulous epic iconic uh it was really really great i'm glad that they sort of let each other go even though it was like a great kiss and like you said you know i don't know how she left gotham after that but the fact that they were in a mature place after everything that had had happened to be like you know i'm not gonna be around and i don't know if i'm coming back when i'm coming back and you know we don't want to keep playing this back and forth or you waiting around for me and that's not fair and i like that they left it uh in that way where they both sort of came to that conclusion because now they sort of they can both move forward uh, in their lives as they, you know, Sophie, we already know has been moving forward with her life. But I do like that, that the way that they ended it, even though the line, the line about in maybe another life or another universe, we could have been soulmates or something like that. And I, I remember that uh, season one episode where we saw Beth, like from another hey, earth. Beth from come. Another earth yeah. Yes. And they brought that up and they never actually gave us Sophie's name, but I'm positive it was Sophie. (laughs) So it's nice to have like that come back um, into the picture. So very strong episode. The action was great. Gotham kind of like rising to support Batwoman was great. Just feeling like Gotham exists and, you know, seeing the people, even if it was like a random scene of a family watching the news and watching the chaos happen um, felt feels like, Batwoman is protecting these people and that these people aren't just blips on the radar who have no opinion about what's going on. Um, so yeah, it just feels like a very lived in world. And I think it was a great and send off um, for the season that has been pretty strong overall. Um, what did not spark joy? I would love to say, cause it was a great plot twist that Ryan's bio mom was alive, is alive and out there. But the way that it was brought up with Alice trying to make this like false equivalency that, oh, I'm a bad guy. Well, you killed your mom when you were born. Um, too much. It was not in, I feel like Alice knew she was crossing some lines. I feel like, you know, cause Ryan was t- telling her like truth bombs of like, these are decisions and actions that you made. And this is why I don't like you. Um, so for her to kind of like throw it back in her face, just because she was like, pouting and mad was just not cool um also alice making like these false equivalencies of like i lost ocean so that is punishment enough for me to not (laughs) pay for my crimes like you know that's not the same thing girl like you were in pain you lost somebody um but that does not absolve you from all the shit that you did as alice and you know the fact that you still need to go to jail um so i guess like one thing that I, I left out of my notes is, you know, um, Ryan telling Alice, you know, this is justice. This is justice. 
you going to jail for something that you did. Um, because I was, I think I was, <laughs> the, I kind of skipped over that in my likes because I was also pissed. <laughs> as much as I didn't like Alice um, claiming that her hurt absolved her from paying for her crimes, I also did not like the fact that the police just happened to be driving by when <laughs> when they're doing CPR on Kate and they just happen to see Alice and take her away as soon as Kate like wakes up. I feel like that was just like rude. <laughs> um, so that was, yeah, that was really rude of them. They could have waited a respectful amount of time for sisters to say goodbye or something. I don't know. And I just thought it was like, you know, suspicious timing that you know, that's when they happen to show up. Um, and then also I feel you know, so all of that, um, complicated Alice feelings, but also I feel like I wish we could have gotten a true Kate and Ryan team up in the finale. Like I wish that, and this goes back to, I think them waiting too long for the whole Cersei reveal and, um, the last episode when she's all up in the back cave and doing all this un-Kate like shit, you know, the way that she treated Sophie and shooting arrows at Kate's friends and Kate not doing anything. I feel like that should have been the time that Kate could have woke up and maybe done like a reverse spy, like a double agent kind of thing where she's Kate now, but she's still like pretending to be Cersei, but now she's on team bad side. And so we could have like an actual Kate Ryan team up in the finale to take Roman down instead of all of this like Cersei Ryan fighting. Cause I feel like we we've had, you know, the, they fought like a couple times before and Ryan always loses. And so it just feels like another situation to kind of like play on Ryan's insecurities. And, you know, um, you know, I'd, I would have rather have had mentor and mentee working together and it's still ending. It could still could have ended the same way because, you know, now Kate was like, I can, I see that it is in, good hands and I've, I've like worked with you and it's just like adding more weight to their conversation that they were already having. Um, and I, I feel like it would have given more time for like Sophie and, and um, Kate and all of her other relationships. Although again, <laughs> I don't know, like maybe they, they didn't let her become Kate because if she had a day with Sophie, I don't know that she'd be leaving Gotham. So I don't know. It's, it's kind of weird, but I just wish that there was like a more true, more time with the real Kate and, and Ryan to kind of help further solidify like their relationship and, and her trust in Ryan. That's it. I too would have liked more time with Kate as Ryan. Um, the Kate as Ryan. What? Kate as Kate and with Ryan to pass the torch to Ryan and to give more in-depth goodbyes to everyone. Like, even though it doesn't, like, I hate Jacob. <laughs> but the fact that he doesn't get, like, a real farewell with Kate as Kate before being off the show forever is so weird to me. I don't know. I feel like you'd think that you would have given him some kind of closure for his story, since that's it. Well, she but... did say she's going to go see him in Metropolis and a friend. So she's going to see Kara. <laughs> So there you Between, go. Like, I know that people are like hoping that we'll actually see Kate on Supergirl. We will not. We will not. We will, we will not. not. We will not. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it would have been nice to see that on screen. <laughs> um, just because, like, you know, I feel like it just feels like his whole story was like, he could have just not been there. Just could have just already had died. And that would be fine. <laughs> you know? But anyway. 
Uh, aside from that, I um, also would have liked a little bit. I just, you know, the kiss was great for Sophie and uh, Kate, but I also would have liked a little bit more for Sophie and Kate, just because I feel like it was just two seasons of it really, you know, most of the season there was no Sophie and Kate because Kate did not exist. But then she re-existed. And I don't know. I don't know. I feel like if I was more like actively involved in shipping them, I would be like much more disappointed. But thankfully, I was not. <laughs> so I was just like, I, this, I will take this, I guess. Uh, Tavaroff can just uh, go away. I just don't want to see him. I um, forgot him. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so minuscule. Exactly. Exactly. Um, also, yeah, Alice was really like, it was very, very shitty for her to bring up Ryan killing killing quote unquote her birth mom by being born and it just like was just totally illogical and not in like an i'm a crazy person way it's just like why would you is that even really like aside from like bringing it up because it's going to hurt someone's feelings to bring up that their mom died no one is really going to be like oh my god i killed my mom because i was born um so then i was like then then she knew the whole time that her mom was actually alive right and brings it up at the end like a like a just just kidding. Now that I'm actually in jail and I need you again, <laughs> let me I'll tell, tell you that your mom is alive. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like, I was like, okay. I don't know. I was like, why does she know that information? How long does she know that information? Did she go out to like figure out who Ryan? She did a, she did a background I think she check. mentioned she when, she, when oh. she betrayed her, she oh, uh, that's looked right. she into her past or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But like, how deep into her past? Would you like, how did she look? find this? It's exactly. Like Ryan to find has that. Probably, exactly. Brian probably would have looked to see. like Exactly. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, how deep would you have to go to find that? And then how not deep has Ryan gone to not find that? Um, and it's not like Ryan doesn't know people who are like on the under the shady side of the law who could have at least investigated. Like, do I have any other family members? You know, like you think, I don't know. I feel like with the kind of connections that Ryan has, you think she would have tried to see if there was anyone out there, you know? But anyway, I guess she just had her her adopted mom, and then her adopted mom only recently died, so maybe she just didn't think about it. But it was just like weird. I was like, okay, I, I feel like it was like a, just a really like what is the word for this? It's just like a, a really blunt force way of introducing that the mom is going to be a storyline next season, right? Mm-hmm. First, Alice is just like, ah, you killed your mom, news, and then you didn't kill your mom, <laughs> like. She, has Ryan's never brought that up before, right? About her birth mom. This is the first time we heard no. it. No. Well, she. I think she just. I feel like I in the she beginning she said she tried dialed and died in childbirth. Okay. Okay. So she did say that in her spiel. Um. Okay. So because I was just like, this is so random. But anyway. Uh. What else? Is there anything else? I just also that like Kate and uh Alice did not get more of a goodbye, and Alice just got unceremoniously taken away by the cops. Um. And that's all. Yeah, that's it. It's just like I feel like it was like it was a strong ending for Kate personally, but like a weak ending for the Kane family, mm-hmm. uh, considering that they were like the backbone of what season one was built off of. It's just kind of like I, I guess I would what I would have to imagine is that before Batwoman ends, Kate would have to come back with Bruce. He is alive. Reunion with whoever is around available of the Canes, and then you know. Like, literally, like, right before the show is going to end. <laughs> Just so we're yeah. like, okay, thanks. I want uh, Warren B to come back. Because I want Bruce back in season yeah. three. But if he comes back, then that means he also has to come back with Kate. <laughs> so I don't think this is going to happen anytime soon. Like, he could be like, Kate is still there handling whatever, you know? 
maybe he left behind some unfinished business or maybe whatever. Or he came back before she found him. He's like, I don't know where she is, but I'm here. (laughs) That would actually be hilarious. That would be hilarious. She went off the grid to find him. They can't call her. (laughs) She's like, she changed her cell phone service? How are we going to go to that gate? <laughs> Bruce will have to leave again to go find Kate. And it'll just be like, it'll just be like memory circle. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so so there you go. That's 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 all. Overall, I thought it was a really strong episode. So I don't have anything to Yeah, <laughs> we didn't even mention like um, DeGrace got not coming back next season because we were like, Whoop. you know. But yes, he's not coming back that's next right. season. We did not mention that yeah. in the news. <laughs> Because we don't care. It's the least surprising thing ever. Um, But yeah, I I do agree that it would be better if we saw those things on screen. But also, like, I didn't want them to waste that screen time on them with and then, like, avoid, I don't know, Ryan and other characters, too. Um, But I think with, with the regards to Alice, I just think that it's especially after she had that lovely conversation with ocean and he's like you know hold on to that love in your heart i know it's still there and then she's like going off and being petty with ryan and shoving her mom not being dead in her face and i'm just like where's that love like what did you learn alice (laughs) what did you learn here yeah exactly so i don't know that just really bugged me and like you said equating this you know her what happened to her mom equating it with like how Alice is in pain over ocean or whatever are not the same thing and telling Ryan that she killed her mom is like it's like somebody accusing Alice of saying oh yeah you killed your mom because you were in the car when the car went off the bridge I'm like that right right <laughs> what happened you know so it's like it was just really stupid and really really petty of her for no reason but that is the way she is but every I feel like every time she grows she takes one step forward, she takes like 10 steps back. And that's what's sort of frustrating because I know that they want to keep her on the show, but I feel like her growth has to stick. So hopefully we'll see that next season. Um, but I, yeah, I do agree about Kate and Sophie not getting like as much time together because, and it's so interesting. I think that's my biggest um, issue in general, not just with this episode, but like the last three that they did introduce Kate back into the story really, really late. And so we didn't really have time to have her as Kate for a, at least a whole episode. She was Cersei for a whole episode, but we didn't really get her as Kate for a whole episode. Um, so I feel like that was sort of threw off the whole thing. And then the season ended and I feel like, Maybe if they'd gotten a couple more episodes, if this had been a regular season and not a COVID season, we would have gotten that. But otherwise, I think that they did wrap up everything really well. So I don't have much to say in general. Um, so bravo, Batwoman. What do our listeners have to say about this season, this episode? What do they have to say? We will find out. We have Sonia feedback. And Sonia says... Uh oh! By the way, it is ha- it is Canada Day for her uh, when she wrote this. So happy, happy Canada, Canada Day! Day. <laughs> and yes, and happy Independence Day to us coming up, kind of. That <laughs> <laughs> um, woman. I enjoy the finale a lot more than I thought I would. Uh, they wrapped up the storylines very well and did some great things that could run into next season with character development. It was nice to see the team working with other gadgets and still managing to save the day, which is something I wish other shows would do. Uh, young Luke's drawings of his Batwing suit were so adorable, and it was amazing how his dad made them reality. 
holy hell to have Rafa scary with Bane serum going after Mary like that. That's true. I am. It brings me joy that Mary lived. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that Luke saved Mary and that the first person he saved is that one was Mary. I'm still holding out hope for Hamilfox. Don't worry. They're inevitable. For a long time. <laughs> yeah, Caroline right. said that it is coming. It will probably be like Smallville and come in the final episode <laughs> of the series, but it'll, it'll be there. <laughs> Alice and Ryan teaming up to take down Cersei was great. I loved Ryan saying, call me Batwoman, after Cersei called her Ryan, as it broke my heart early on in the episode when she wrote the letter of resignation to the city. Alice and Kate calling off what I assume is the same bridge the car went over. And into the water while the snake bite was oh, working. Oh, good that's job, a, That's a very Sonia. good call. Yeah, that was a very good, good call. call. Yeah. Um, to give Kate's memories back was great, as was the juxtaposition of Alice saving Kate from the water. Yes, we love it. Uh, we love parallels. Ryan's speech to the parole board was amazing. She's so good at giving speeches, just like her speech in the first episode about being a number. She is, that's true. Loved Kate and Mary and Luke chatting about what Kate missed, and it was nice for Mary to praise Ryan um, and for her tease, Luke, about Stephanie. Mm. It was jealousy, though. She was teasing with jealousy. It didn't heart. sound like that. it. She is a great actress. She hides her mask very exactly. well. Exactly. Exactly. She was masking her feelings. Uh, the end was great with references to Penguin and Poison Ivy. So I hope we get to see them next season. Agreed. We would love that. Um, Swara said, that woman pulled off a pretty good finale. I really liked Ryan's showdown with Cersei and their fight. It was emotionally charged. And we saw Ryan come even more fully into the role of Batwoman. Liked her interactions to Alex, Alice, and how the latter was set up more properly as a foil. Things are not resolved between them, and the finale made that clear. The reveal about her first mother being alive is interesting. I suppose it's something that Ryan would want to know about, but would it compel her to work with Alice? Because she's never known her birth mother. Um, it'll be interesting for next season, especially as it gives Ryan a story that completely centers her as she deserves. Um, also, I was right. Kate just up and left. <laughs> I'm glad she has a good reason to look for Bruce and meet up with Kara, but it felt so random. I'm not complaining, though. Let Ryan be the main Batwoman for the rest of the show. I'm so relieved that she and Sophie had proper closure, paving the way for So Ryan. So Ryan, please. Wow. Sora has been trying to hit, make So Ryan yeah. happen for Come like months. <laughs> We're not rocking with that name. <laughs> Luke as Batwing was super cool. Even though I do wish we had more time, slash a full episode centered on him becoming Batwoman, I'm still very excited Batwing. for him. Batwing, yeah. Um, I'm still excited for him to become Ryan's partner in crime. I would like to see an episode of him like just like trying to train, right? Like, because obviously, yeah. And I think that's part of like Caroline's like interview too that he's not just like fully realized superhero. He still has right. some kinks to work out. So. Um, well, love that. Thank you for that feedback, Swara. Do we have other feedback? Uh, Lee said, uh, or would give Shang. that woman. Yeah, Shang said, I'll give that one feedback when we do our end of season reviews episode. All right, all right, we'll give you time. We'll give you time to formulate. Uh, I think that that's all the feedback once again. Excellent. I know that this is, I mean, the last episode of the season, but do we have predictions for season three beyond... Ryan's mom obviously coming back. Yeah, Ryan's mom coming back. Penguin and Poison Ivy. I think Renee will hook up with Ryan. I just feel like that makes more sense. Yeah, I feel like Ryan, Renee, Renee, Ryan, Renee yeah. makes more sense. But that doesn't have to be, you know, that that could still leave room for Wildmore in that we could see Sophie being jealous. Or like you know? justice for Julia Pennyworth. Like what the fuck? Oh, yeah, <laughs> she's still off in Germany somewhere, <laughs> not knowing what the hell has happened. <laughs> 
that's her. She and didn't get that in that way about the, about the case with Cersei Kate, and she just bounced. Like, that's it. Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> I am excited. <laughs> like, I'm excited for these new characters. Um, Jada. Jada Jet. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and Marquise. I do feel like, I hope, hopefully, because we, we saw, like, the, the river thing with Mad Hatter, which will be interesting because, you know, you have Alice and you have Mad Hatter and they're like, they're like crossing over the same genre. So I don't know if like Alice <laughs> will, will like that, not being the special snowflake. Um, but, and it's also interesting because like Mad Hatter was part of the reason why I dropped Gotham because mm. he was just like super fucking creepy. And yeah. then I picked it up again, but then I dropped it again when they introduced Pigman. So I was like, no. Yeah, so I don't know what this interesting. This will be interesting to see if they do something there. But um, Poison Ivy, definitely. I hope we see some more of that. Um, and I feel like because there was a Joker, Joker's like uh, flower thing in there. So I, I, I just want to hope that Joker is a tie to Marquise. Like the he just said, like more dangerous villain. Like how do you get like more dangerous than him? So. Hopefully, hopefully, there'll be like teases of that, and he can be, and like Marquise could be like the default Joker since Tavaroff is default Bane right now. So mm-hmm. we'll get some more like default people that aren't actually the people, but will take up that space since we can't use the actual people. All right, moving into side B, Infinite Chaos. Over on The Flash, when an army of Godspeeds attack Central City, Barry focuses on taking down all the clones who want to take his speed for infinite velocity, apparently, from season six. That's all we know about Godspeed. Um, all the while, Barry, after dreaming about his and Iris' daughter, Nora, who pops in here, we did not know this, which is really nice actually (laughs) suspects iris is finally pregnant only for the results to turn up negative esperanza is hesitant to have surgery to correct what black hole did to her probably because caitlin does not have ppe (laughs) yeah and it's in like a fucking ghetto ass building (laughs) Um, finally chillblain is released from prison claims to be reformed but frost has her doubts and she's actually right because chillblain is apparently an asshole um jeff shots directed the episode with story by jason v gilbert and teleplay by thomas pound what sparked joy well um (laughs) okay like you mentioned barry's dream of nora was very very sweet um and i thought upon seeing it that it was going to be a good episode so it set me up for disappointment but in the moment i was full of joy i did love that he said you know we missed you speaking for himself and iris which uh Seemed sweet at the time, and then I later learned would be what he was doing all episode. But <laughs> in and of itself, it was a great scene, and it was lovely to see Jessica Parker Kennedy a little bit early. Also, Chester and Cecile's excitement for the West Island baby was also sweet, even if some of it was a little grating, Cecile. But I do like that it's, you know, it does give that sense of like, oh, it's like a family, you know, like everyone is excited for them to maybe have a baby, like whatever, that's good. Um, Godspeed suit remains cool. It was cool when we saw it the first time. It's cool now when we see it like 12 times. I, I thought the fight sequences were better than normal this episode. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought, oh, okay, we finally spent some money on the budget. Like, oh, this I agree is with that. We finally, yeah. um, it also made me miss, like, I'm glad we've got Speedster villain back. It's been too long. It's like all um, of it was just like love and light. Exactly. <laughs> like, solve this without fighting. Yes. <laughs> love so, and so, a yes, fighter. It's, it's good to see them actually try to do some fighting. Um, and the fact that they, you know, I did like 
Frost kind of recruiting or really Chilbling kind of volunteering to fight. Like, you know, it was like, um, I thought it's nice to get a little bit of new blood, I guess, in the in the fighting, see a different kind of fighting for a little bit. Uh, also, I like that once again, we get to show off what a genius Chester is when he uh, teamed up with Gideon, who we forget is in the Flash because the Flash supposedly creates her. I don't know how or when, but <laughs> she's there. Um, it was so, probably so, Eobard, the way that they take all the stuff from Barry. Right. Well, didn't uh, he re- like recalibrate Gideon to have be in the earpiece yep. or whatever last season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. guess at least there's that. There you go. There you go. He made modifications. Um, but anyway, so so Chester, you know, putting his funky bunk beats um, <laughs> <laughs> to play while the fight was going on was really great. Uh, also, um, I will say, even though it comes literally from Chilblain just getting in her face every single scene and going, you're into me because I'm bad. And then glaring, this is the most chemistry that Daniel Panamaker has had <laughs> with anyone since maybe Robbie, like maybe even, maybe even better than that, but never before has yeah sparks happened <laughs> while she was on screen with someone. So thank you for putting in the work, man who plays Chilblaine, whose name I do not know. You're trying real hard, but you know what? You are seeing results. So congratulations. <laughs> um, that's about it. That's he put as much effort into that chemistry as he did his abs, and he's probably proud. He's like, oh, oh my god, god. abs! <laughs> like, like, sir, you congratulations because you did did well. We applaud you. We applaud you. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. If nothing else, you applaud your abs. Uh, but, you know, I agree with you. I feel like it's an unpopular opinion because, like, you know. Not a lot of people that listen to us probably like Danielle or, or Frost and Caitlin, but I like the Chilblaine Frost dynamic. And it's mainly because the guy that plays Chilblaine does so much heavy lifting to make the chemistry work. And I also right. feel like, you know, with Alice and Ocean, the actors have great chemistry. Never doubted their chemistry, but it's like the complicated love story that's just really hard to kind of like grasp onto in the span of like eight episodes. Whereas here, it's more straightforward, bad boy and reformed bad girl. <laughs> and he's just kind of like, you like me. And, you know, she's like denying it. Um, so it's like more straightforward. And just he, all the heavy lifting that he does to make it work is enjoyable for me. Because it's coming mostly from his side. Because all Danielle has to be like, it's like, no. <laughs> and he will just be like, yes. It's like, okay, I, I kind of agree with you. <laughs> I think you should reconsider Frost. Um, so, uh, yeah, they were they were enjoyable um, on screen together. Um, and I was, like, weirded out because I thought at the end that he drugged her drink. I'm like, why would you do that? But I think he, he maybe he was out with an ankle monitor on. So he's like, I was always bad. So <laughs> I have to go. <laughs> Be bad off screen or something like that. But I was so, I was so confused when I was I was reading for you. Yeah, I was like, what is he doing? Um, but yeah. Um, other parts of the episode, I agree. I love seeing Nora in the beginning. It was such a very pleasant surprise. I'm like, oh my god, just Mark Kennedy. Um, I was like, you were here early. I'm like, where's Bart? Like, I was like, is this 17 or 16 or where we're supposed to be in? Because um, I was like confused, but it was really nice to see her. I thought it was a really cute way to introduce the idea of like Barry realizing that the he and Iris might be pregnant. Um, so that was great. And, you know, just throughout the episode, um, 
from Barry's side. We get protected Barry. So, like, all of his phone calls and, like, voicemails to the air. I mean, Iris. Um, <laughs> trying to keep it a secret <laughs> from everyone at Star Labs. And, you know, like, Barry saying that, you know, it's a, it's a rough day at the office for me, babe. <laughs> but <laughs> I love you and I'm going to try and, and, you know, make sure that you and the baby are okay. And, like, all this kind of stuff. Um, that like how hard he was trying to like keep his excitement down, but also like keep everybody else from knowing. And then everybody else just being like really nosy. <laughs> <about it. laughs> but yeah, Grant really sold it. That's true. He sold yeah. his part, his end of it. Yes. Yeah. Um, I like the combo with Chester about the baby, and I also thought it was like kind of funny because he's like, "Yeah, we're having a girl," and Chester's like, "How do you know that?" And he's like, "The future." And Chester like starts like going off on tangents, like, "Well, if you say this about the future, and then you can all these variables and like." Chester, like, stop talking. You're going to, like, spiral. <laughs> like, make Barry, like, spiral about what's going to happen with the baby. Um, but just, like, that whole kind of, like, vibe was 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 um, really great. Um, I agree with you that the Godspeed part of it was also more interesting than the villains that have come before. In these last few episodes, it was actually really interesting. And, you know, right. how all working together to try and get to him. And even more interesting is when they finally, um, well, actually like the, the star labs fight scenes were, were decent choreography and stuff like that. But when they got Barry cornered, like when he ran out of star labs and they all cornered him, the fact that there was like another set of Godspeeds that attacked the first Godspeeds. And I was like, wait, what's going on here? So I feel like there's like a, a nice mystery there. Um, and then also, um, even like the C plot with Joe and Kristen, I thought was really interesting. Like getting to, to hear more about um, Kristen and Adam's backstory and about the First Nations, more about the fact that Adam is meta and what was going on there. Um, the cliffhanger where they possibly, I just keep, you know, because we were going back and forth between the Godspeeds and then like Joe and, and Kristen like sitting on this house and they see, we see something, but I don't think we see what that something is, but I'm just like wanting it to be Godspeed and had him to be Godspeed. So um, that was kind of an interesting way where we cut it off there. But um, overall, I think it was really, it was one of the more intriguing episodes starting to like kind of pick up, even though there's a big elephant missing from the room. <laughs> we'll talk about later. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely picking up like, if certain things had been better in the episode, it would have been more fascinating. But yeah. I do think that Godspeed being around, I was like, oh, thank Godspeed <laughs> that <laughs> he's here because it's this season has been like sort of directionless in a lot of ways. And finally having like, I guess, a traditional speedster villain who is also mysterious, really driving the season is like, oh, back to something we know and we can do well. <laughs> Um, so that was really nice. And I think that it's interesting because like Godspeed has been around since I guess season five, but he's only appeared so many times. And over the course of like his appearances, now we have way more of him. And he's also like regressed because I think before he used to be able to talk and now it's just sounds all the time. Um, well, before but I did he think, was like, an actual person and now he's just like, yeah, clones. but even like one of the clones in season six spoke a little bit and then stopped. And then all he did was emit the sounds as well. Mm. Um, so that was, that was really interesting just to swallow like, either like dumber versions of like, yes, exactly. <laughs> <the other clones. laughs> 
Um, so I think the, the clone mystery of it all is really interesting. And also like the fight scenes, like it was <laughs> as soon as like Barry started running around the city and the gods were chasing him. I was like, oh, my God, seriously, I do not remember when this man, the last time this man ran. I do not. I can't remember at all. It was just been like a lot of talking people down this season. And then we had to interlude and whatever. So it was nice to see that. And it was nice to see them like Barry actually facing a challenge in fighting someone because like he's putting in all these punches and it wasn't really doing anything. And the fights also looked really cool. Um, so that was like a nice change of pace. And I did not expect to see Nora. Like I was thoroughly surprised. <laughs> I was like, damn, she's here. So that was really nice. Um, and I think that even like in her whatever 30 second scene or whatever, she did a really good job in sort of making it seem also obviously very dreamlike, but all, you know, like a, a calling to Barry's like, yes, we are going to have a baby and it is going to be Nora and, you know, she's going to be great, but we have to live through like 20 plus years to get to who she was before. But I just like the fact that, again, it's hinting at like West Allen child children coming soon um, and also having that correspond with Iris's pregnancy. Um, and of course, Barry being cute about the possibility of Iris being pregnant, like after seeing the dream about Nora, he was like giddy. He was awkward. He was like quite loving. I think he said like, I love you to Iris twice. And he hasn't said that in a long time. <laughs> Sad that it was over the phone, but you know, um, and then of course, like him trying to get around everyone who's just in his business. And I also continue loving the fact that Chester is sort of like the, West Allen cheerleader he knew before anybody else that they were trying mm -hmm. to have a baby and he also knew the, that Iris could potentially be pregnant before everybody else um, so that's nice that they sort of like have bonded in that kind of way even though it was filled with awkwardness at first <laughs> and I don't think it like made up for the fact that Iris was obviously not in the episode but I think it was nice to see Barry be this excited about something in quite some time so that was really nice um yeah, and I, I guess I like that fact that like Esperanza is still around and that she's still trying to, you know, move past what Black Hole did to her. And I like that she is hesitant because I wouldn't trust a doctor either at this point. <laughs> um, so it was nice we're seeing like continuing to see um, her progression as a character. But what did not spark joy? Well, I think that we all know <laughs> the first thing that did not spark joy, which was just first off that Candace wasn't in the episode to begin with. So this time there wasn't even like a flashback. There wasn't even like voiceover because like ADR doesn't have to be done when the episode is filmed. So just like many, just like many questions. Why? Why? But then furthermore, that in an episode that Candace is not in, that they would choose to write the plot line as Barry thinks Iris is pregnant gets excited is trying to I choose like not just going to CBS and picking up a stick to I, pee on I, I feel like I don't know they if explain it because of the metahuman gene yeah yeah because, yeah exactly yeah, it wasn't like doing but, like, what it needed did it, to do so it didn't show up first they went to CBS and it didn't show up so he's like oh there's I feel like be a that was like the implication there's a deeper yeah. level of this so I was like all right sure um, so that he had to spend all episode, you know, with her urine or whatever, and then at the end be disappointed <laughs> on his own that she is not pregnant. Like, cause it just doesn't make sense. It just makes it seem like Iris just doesn't care, right? Like, this is not relevant to Iris. Why would Iris care if she's pregnant or not? It's so sad for Barry that Iris is not pregnant, or it's so happy for Barry that Iris might be pregnant. It's just so, just, ah, my God, I just don't understand why. I don't understand why. The only estimation would be like, if 
something happened so that at the last second she could not be in the episode and they had already written the episode with her scenes and then they just <laughs> removed her scenes and had Barry talking to air. <laughs> That's the only explanation. Otherwise it just seems so stupid. But anyway. Um so yeah, I don't know. I have nothing I guess I have nothing else to say about that other than just just not bring me joy. Um I'm glad that we have since learned that, you know, Candace is coming back because I know I just knew that it would just be a whole discourse of whether Candace will even want to come back, will the flash end after this season, whatever, whatever, eventually leading back to like, and then Snowberry will happen. So <laughs> thankfully that was, you know, taken off the table as an option. Um, but it's never a good sign when someone who's been in every episode starts not being in episodes. So glad that uh, that was covered. Also, Caitlin is literally the worst doctor ever. Um, I get, I don't understand why they even thought that she should be doing the complex throat surgery in the first place, certainly in star labs. And then for it to, to, you know, no PPE, like we already said, no, you know, anesthetic, no like cleanliness whatsoever, no hygiene. Um, And then for there to be two patients, for there to be two patients that needed, uh, Dr. Caitlin's help in one episode, just stretched the limits of the suspension <laughs> of my disbelief exactly the limits of my imagination my suspension of disbelief i just cannot live so like you don't this. believe she's got five doctors <laughs> <laughs> you know what they have not done enough to convince me that that's the case also you know i love kayla compton she's great allegra cannot speak spanish um it is very weird to witness her trying not only can she not speak spanish Fluently, at least. I'm sure she, like, understands what she's saying, maybe, but she cannot speak it, like, as, she doesn't sound like someone who speaks Spanish regularly when she speaks. And the syntax of her sentences, as well as, I mean, honestly, Esperanza's too, but I believe the actress was Esperanza speaks Spanish, because at least she has the right accent. Um, it does, it sounds like someone was like, okay, we're gonna write some things in Spanish. I'm gonna go to Google, Google Translate. Translate. <laughs> I'm gonna write a sentence in English. And I'm going to take a sentence that was in Spanish that comes out. And that's going to be the dialogue. Because it's just not sound natural. Um, also, I don't know if they were just being cheeky because they can get away with it because it's in Spanish. Or if that's just what Google Translate gave them. But Jolita does not mean screwed. It means fucked. So they said, we're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> like, twice. And I was like, okay. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, at first I was like, wow, I guess how got... you get past the censors. <laughs> exactly. How you get past the... <laughs> um, so I just think it would have made much, it, it would have been more natural. First off, get someone who writes, who knows Spanish to write the lines. But second off, like, there's nothing wrong with Esperanza speaking in Spanish and Allegro responding in English. Like, immigrant families do it all the time. Not everyone who happens to be Hispanic learns Spanish or whatever language it is that, that you, you know, that you originate from um sometimes your parents or your family member speaks one language to you and then you just speak english right back right and that's like mm. a natural flow of conversation which would have been perfectly fine and would have sounded better for poor kayla of course it's not as bad as when sue pretended like she could speak spanish that was a nightmare but still i think that it would just be best to know no more spanish giving to <laughs> to allegra that is all um finally I love how the stakes on the flash are so low that the car explodes with Joe in it. And then that night, later that evening, they're like, guess who's coming back for season eight? 
<laughs> it's so it's annoying because I remember writing an article and I'm like, you know, only Grant Gustin has renewed his contract so far. So we don't really know if Joe's coming back. Like, what does his future hold? And then they said that. I'm like, damn it. This just published hours ago. Delete. <laughs> no, but update. Just kidding. It's his doppelganger from Earth yeah. and new, new yeah. from New Earth. <laughs> So, or or um, Barry and Iris, like Earth Two, Barry, Iris, and Joe, like <laughs> resurrect after crisis. Like, hey, we Barry can't watch. handle a life without Joe, so he goes back in time and steals one. <laughs> 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 anyway, anyway, um, so yeah, so I like, I guess we we can put in the predictions what we think is happening from that explosion, but in terms of like being the cliffhanger of the episode. It's not really very. Well, even the synopsis for next week, it's like Joe and Kramer are being right. hunted by. So like, clearly, <laughs> like, like, thank you. I guess it's like the only term is like we were hunting him. Now he's hunting us. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Plot twist. Um, yeah. <laughs> um. Also, God, Cecile is just so in Barry and Iris' business. And like, why does she have a standing lunch date with Barry? Like, where did I know. this come from? It's why so weird. Like so unnecessary I, I i kind of understand like i get that they're like we've built a show on barry having like parental figures right you've always had like wells you've always had joe there to for barry to bounce off of now we don't have wells and joe is i'm sure jesse was like i will do like two scenes an episode i'm not gonna you know just let me do my own little thing here i just don't care so they're like cecile and now we're feminists because she's a woman i guess but <laughs> It's so strange because I don't feel like. And was we it ever specifically Cecile and Barry have a standing lunch date, or was it because she was like coming when she came to the loft? She came to see Iris, right? So is it like Iris, Barry, and Cecile? Maybe, or? but we've never seen. We haven't really seen her and Iris be developing their their bond this season. You know, it's always <laughs> been Barry and Cecile, and it's just like so like, un, like it came out of nowhere. I feel like before this season, Cecile was just like, "Hey guys." as a you know unit i'm i'm addressing you and now suddenly she's like barry my best friend my you know son i told you i told you like the vibes were off yeah yeah (laughs) i know i said it too i said it too and so did my friend amber who amber amber knew the deal she 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 was like "Mm, are you sure that's not his girlfriend (laughs) okay anyway so (laughs) so yeah i don't know it's just really weird I, I understand kind of why they're doing it, but it just feels like they're doing too much of it. Like, they're like, like pull back a little bit. Especially in this situation where she's, like, reading Barry's thoughts that he, like, doesn't want her to read. Or that he's, you know, whatever. He's like, keep it, you know, just, can you just turn it off, Cecile? Can you just, like, not? Or just keep it to yourself. If you can't help it, just don't bring it up. Okay? She's like, okay. They'll tell me when they tell me. But anyway. Moving on. Godspeed was exciting, sort of interesting, fun this episode, but I'm still, like... Godspeed's been around for like a season and a half, and I don't, I still don't know. Or actually more than that, since season five, right? Godspeed's mm-hmm. been around since the Norwich's. And I'm still like, who is Godspeed? What does Godspeed want? <laughs> um, so I don't know. And I, and I felt like there was not very much, like there was a lot of urgency in terms of like, let's not die because of Godspeed. But there wasn't like, I didn't feel the building of a mystery of where Godspeed came from. You know, it was like, well, let me just figure out how to translate the screeches. And bypassing, like, the let me research the origin of the screeches, you know what I mean? To be able to translate it. It was like, well, now I can translate it. And it doesn't really matter where they come from. We just need to stop it. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay. Okay, I guess. But I'm sure we'll get into that next episode. And it'll have to do with the twins, probably. So I guess that's good. 
I like the whole idea of a pregnancy storyline consisting of Barry talking to himself because there is no Iris in the episode and every nosy fucking person talking to Barry about his pregnancy and Iris not even being in the episode was all like not it was less than sparking joy it was like sparking rage (laughs) um (laughs) the Havarok would have eaten me up by by now like within the first like 15 minutes of the episode um yeah because it just seemed like the from the first loft scene where he's like excited and rambling and like you know going all over the place leaving her stuff and she's not saying anything or smiling like oh she's not in this episode i thought i was i you know i was hoping that like candace got her episodes confused and maybe she was thinking like last week that she wasn't gonna be in it and she's like oh no this bitch was for real she's not in this episode (laughs) now i'm sad um so that was like no bueno the whole time um caitlin operating it wasn't the fact that Capen was operating as Ferranza, but it was the fact that it's it's not even a concealed contained room within star labs it's an open fucking like like where they had their training sessions i feel like it was open space she's not wearing like you know a mask uh head whatever cap thing there's and i was just thinking like you know there is no it's not sterile in this room. Allegra and Cecile are right there. Like, family should be nowhere in the operating room, first of all. And These then aren't have... even safe COVID protocols and surgery, much right. less, like, just a regular surgery. And there's she's operating her throat. There's a possibility of blood. There's no nurses. There's no anesthesia that I can see. Like, there should be no re- way that Kaylin should be able to do this by herself in an open-air situation. So it was just, like, very ghetto <laughs> you're just like this is the ghetto um i don't know why cecile was there in the first place like she just kind of like randomly was implanted in that scene to later force her feelings onto esperanza to calm her down which i feel like she's like you know i just told her that team flash is doing like what why would esperanza that would not calm me down like i don't give a fuck about team flash and what they're doing out here like maybe if it was like you're gonna be okay and you will survive maybe but I don't care about whatever Team Flash is doing. So I just felt like even that was like assigning feelings to Esperanza that I'm pretty sure she does not have <laughs> for the team. Um, the fact that Allegra, again, is here with bothering Caitlin while Caitlin's in the middle of a pretty intense, intricate surgery. And the previous episode, she just had a level up. She had a power up. She's a supernova now. And now there's a chance, like, there's an opportunity to put that power to use because all these godspeeds are coming in and she's not in that part of the plot for why. Um, so just kind of like, you're just going to stand there and just comfort, comfort Esperanza? I don't know. Um, so that was, like, off. I don't like, I think as, as, Fun as it was to see Barry excited about it. Like, I agree with you that Cecile's just being, like, too damn nosy. Um, and one, like, close encounter in the beginning was, like, you know, whatever. But then she randomly pops up at his job. Like, she's stalking him. And it's like, well, I thought we were going to lunch. And, you know. And then the fact that she's there in the final episode, when he, or the final scene, when he's, like, testing to see and with him when he learns that they're not pregnant. 
Um, it just felt like she shouldn't have been in that scene or like Iris should have been in that scene. And it does feel like they're trying to make up for the lack of Joe and the lack of Iris with Cecile. And Cecile is not, she doesn't carry the same weight as the other two. Because a lot of the Flash's earlier heart relationships were centered on Barry and Joe or Barry and Iris. And Cecile does not have the same weight that Joe or Iris give off in those conversations. And it just seems like weird. Like this black person cannot be entertained with the other two. (laughs) 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 And like, in addition to violating Barry's privacy, she's just like, she just seems to be like randomly implanted there. And she's done this before, which is super nosy. Like when Joe was trying to hide his feelings about having another child and she was like all up in his business. So it's a character trait of hers to be nosy, but just in this situation, especially it's heightened by the fact that Iris is not there and there's no um, plot line of her like wondering or getting excited as well. So seeing Cecile in this um scene with Barry and what should be the most happy, exciting times of Barry and Iris' life is just like off again. Yeah. I agree with this. I was very upset to learn that this plot in this episode, like at all, not even for like 30 seconds in the beginning and 30 seconds in the end, which could have been doable. So I don't know what's happening and i was really worried she wasn't like this like tati said doesn't bode well that she wasn't at every episode previously like even last episode it counted she had her little archive moment you know whatever but here she they don't even have anything at all i thought it was like seeing that she wasn't in this episode it made it even weirder that they would put in a flashback of the episode that she just finished <laughs> yeah like, why, yeah why would you do that <laughs> I don't like it i don't want it it's just very concerning so like it is a relief to know that she'll be back for season eight but i still don't like it because i don't want it to be back a trend the next episode <laughs> next week Moving forward, right yes. right like thank yeah, god it, they put her in the <laughs> promo pictures right yeah and because, because they didn't have her in the promo itself so for a step for a little bit i was like oh my god if she's missing yeah and again week. it was just like cecile being it's upsetting there all my the time. it's just like i don't need cecile like replacing iris that's not like, what we don't anybody even like her that much i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like i did not like it her not being in the episode i don't want it it was very glaring here especially because it did it there was a storyline involving her like i feel like <laughs> Of all the characters, Barry and Iris have gotten not very much in terms of like separate storylines. Um, I guess the forces are an exception, but still, they didn't really do that as you know to the potential that it started off with. But you have a story here where she's like wondering if she's pregnant. I feel like they could have. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I'm not gonna assume anything, but like it's just concerning that they decided to do this in this episode when she wasn't going to be around because it does sort of like 
take away a lot of her agency, especially since she's like the one who will be carrying this child. <laughs> and it also makes Barry's like overprotection with her not being around seem extra in a lot of ways. It's like, no, she's safe where she is. Like, is this, is, are you going to be like this for He's the whole nine months? That you, can't lock, you cannot lock her up. And it's just, it Watch was him. a it was a lot. It was a lot. Watch so I'm try. so glad that she's in next week's episode because it was very, very jarring to have ba- Barry basically like talk to himself and have Grant like do double duty trying to be excited to be like, so we could be like, yes, you guys are having a kid. So we won't really wonder where your wife is, except we are wondering <laughs> where your wife was. So I don't know. It was just, it was really, really odd and it's never happened. So I don't really know what to do or say. Um, other than I don't want to see it ever again. Um, and I think that even in an episode that was focused on bringing in a villain, like I think it's really weird too, because this season has 18 episodes in it. But if you take out the wrap up of the Mirrorverse, it's technically only 15 episodes for a season seven storyline. So the fact that there was like three episode interlude before like godspeed arrived it was just like a fucking waste of time and i feel like they should have had him in the season earlier because then there could have been some sort of momentum and build up towards like what is the mystery who is this person um and like what do they want and how does that tie into you know whatever is going to happen in the future because they talked about that a lot here um so i just think they did a poor job of introducing a villain this late in the game with only three episodes left uh one of which is the 150th episode so people are going to expect it to be like great and i don't feel that energy with the season um even like and like you were talking about with cecilia like it's just being extra and she was just i don't dislike uh danny's acting as much as some other people but I was feeling very annoyed watching this episode specifically, probably because like she felt a lot like a placeholder for Iris in this instance, mm-hmm. you know, at the lab pestering Barry. She was just everywhere where she didn't need to be, not even just with Barry, but like at Star Labs talking to Chester, talking to Caitlin, talking to Kayla, like at or Allegra. Hey, don't so, you have a job, girl? Right. <laughs> she had a like- job. Where is your child? <laughs> like, I just don't understand. I think it would have been more natural if she had, actually tried to be in joe's um case because she Mm -hmm. is a metahuman defender apparently (laughs) and she has been doing none of that on screen and just hanging around where she doesn't need to be or belong so it's just like really really weird and kramer gonna steal your man girl (laughs) (laughs) you know that would actually be more fun of a storyline than the one that we're getting with them Like, at the very least, she was trying to tempt him, you know? Yeah. That would be fun. That would be fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it's just, like, super awkward to watch. And it was just, like, so extra and unnecessary. And I did not need to see that at all this episode. So, I don't know. It was, like, a good and bad episode all at the same time. There was a lot going on. And there was too much going on. And I feel like they could have paced it better. Uh, if they hadn't like wasted episodes on stuff that we don't care about so (sighs) what did the good people think about this episode the good people once again let's do more thoughts 
Well, Suara had some interesting thoughts, and they were, ugh. <laughs> I just, seriously? What is this? I just, whew, okay. Where to begin with this train wreck? <laughs> the Godspeeds were nonsensical and random. I don't know how to follow this and how it tied to anything that happened in the season, or even previously with Godspeed. The way the team went about trying to defeat them was un- was random and unnecessary. Rip off Elsa and rip off Jack Frost. I do not give a fuck about these characters. <laughs> you don't find his ab sexy Shane? Or Shane. Chillblain Astor Labs was kind of... Oh yeah, that was another it that was another not dislike there. I didn't know like yeah. why like you know once Frost made the decision to bring his ass to Star Labs, like you shouldn't talk to somebody, girl, before you <laughs> brought him in there. And then second, leave him there unattended with Barry with his mask like, off, like down the just, hall. Just go on a date like regular. I was people. like, I swear <laughs> to God, I swear to God, if <laughs> Shield Lane stumbles upon that Barry is a flash, I'm gonna shoot somebody. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. So, um, that's all right. One of the good things was seeing Nora again, but that was only a dream. Barry, that's not how you tell if you have a positive pregnancy test. How the fuck can you just assume they're pregnant if we don't even see or hear Iris at all in the episode? If Candace had the away, I understand that. But she, but just say she had to do a story in another city or something. It's fine. I'm excited we're likely getting Nora back with her twin brother, but come on. Um, have a better path to it. This episode was so poorly written and directed, it was embarrassing to watch. The only good part was Allegra uh, with Esperanza. She got her surgery and Cecile helped helping Esperanza through it. Otherwise, I honestly hated this episode that capitulated to all of the show's worst instincts and made it at times unbearable to watch. I truly hope that at this point, uh, the show, uh, which I still generally enjoy watching, will end with season eight because I don't think I can bear any more of these episodes. <laughs> well, you, your feelings have been noted, Suara. They have Very been strong feelings. Yeah. I mean, I don't, like, in general, I agree. The only thing I would say is, like, I don't remember really what happened with Esperanza and Allegra. In yeah, the I would have flipped that. So... I would have flipped those two. <laughs> like, <that's... laughs> yeah. But, yeah. So, uh, now Sonia. Flash. Hmm. I know y'all. Okay. I said I would write if Iris wasn't in the episode. And she wasn't. Uh, but Vancouver, where I live, is just having a terrible heat wave. So there's no way that I'm rioting in this heat. <laughs> I just don't care anymore. <laughs> uh, it is annoying that the description for the episode literally mentions Iris, but she's not in it. It's such a dick move to get Iris's fans' hopes up like that. Um, so yeah, I agree. It sucks that they mentioned her and she wasn't in it. That was really rude. Um, but anyway, on to my feedback. I loved seeing Nora in Barry's dream. It was cute that he thought it was a sign that she was pregnant. Um, as much as I hate the Frost Chillblain stuff, I do think Danielle has chemistry with the actor. Yes, thank you. I love the scene where he's trying to ask Caitlin for advice about Frost, and she was like, you can't handle her. That was a little bit cute. That was a little bit cute. I did like that he had no interest whatsoever in Caitlin, other than as a, you know, method to understanding Get Frost to better. <laughs> exactly. I did, I did appreciate that. Chester and Barry's idea to take down the Godspeeds was great. It's too bad they managed to breach our labs before they could do it properly. Speaking of the Godspeeds, how did they breach the time vault? I thought Barry said nothing could, could get in. All the fight sequences were really well done. I even liked Danielle's fight scenes. Oh, yeah, I love that Danielle had someone to join her on the floor. That was very cute. <laughs> um, <laughs> glad Caitlin was able to help Esperanza and that Cecile used her powers to help her in surgery. Oh, that's right. I did forget that. I will say, yes. Okay, I, know, I now know what Suara was talking about. I did like Cecile helping Esperanza during the surgery by calming her, right? Using, using her mind powers to calm during surgery that was nice yes <laughs> um i forgot that she did that because i was so annoyed with rushing her 
Well, I was annoyed because like she was like, Team Flash are doing their best and you can rest yes, in yes, and that's I was like right. That does not help. Like, not <laughs> Why help would she way. care about but them? If she didn't need to explain what she had told her, just to be like, I sent her calming vibes, it would have been fine. <laughs> the storyline between Kramer and Joe is so nice. It's so nice. And I can't wait to hear more about it in later episodes. All right, Sonia. Okay. She said, all in all, not a bad episode, but I prefer if Iris is in it. I support you. I think that's all as well. I don't say any more. The people have given up on us this week because yeah. the Flash has given up on us too. Yeah. <laughs> Do we have any predictions going into the final three episodes of the season? Do you want to read the finale? No, oh, just yes. I can read it. It's so basic, but I will read it. Let's see. It says, The Flash enlists a host of speedster allies, including Iris and his children from the future, Bart and Nora, to end the speedster war and defeat a deadly new adversary, the villainous Godspeed. Guest star Karan Oberoi? Also, they finally gave him a face. Oh, there we Who go. Who is Karan Oberoi? Let's look him up, shall we? <laughs> Are we looking him up all collectively? No, I am writing a tweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he is an Indian actor. Okay. Oh, that's nice. Okay. Like, like, um, Mina, or native, like First Nation. No, like, no. no like, Indian, like Indian, Indian, Indian from India. Of India, yes. Okay. Yeah, which is, I thought that he was native, so that's confusing. Like the character. No, it says he was on. He used to be on Hindi TV shows. I thought the character was native. Oh no, that's just me assuming that it was Adam. But yeah, not Adam. So maybe it's not Adam. <laughs> okay. okay, moving on. Continue. <laughs> okay, oh, I guess like yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. My prediction would be. Well, like just from because I was like reading the if you read the season finale, it says like host of speeder speedster allies, including Iris. So does that mean that she gets her speed back for like a limited time? And they're like a real like speedster family, you know? Because like Cecile, when Cecile is pregnant with her random ass baby that they just inserted into force into for thing for plot reasons, that's the reason why she had her latent mind reading side effects. So. This is another meta pregnancy, so I'm wondering if Speedster Babies will give Iris Speedster powers for a limited time. They could. I mean, this sounds like the two parter because, like, I'm sure the other allies are what's his face, Jay and stuff Jay. Too. Yeah, I wish we could get Wally but, back. Yeah, that right. Be- and we also know, like, from like set picks that Reverse Flash is coming back, so. Yeah, so that's another. But I, I like this theory. I think that it's certainly plausible. She has been a speedster before too. Yeah. So technically, you know, there is precedent there. But then also, um, the my other kind of like confusion and, and wondering prediction ish was the other Godspeeds, the other set of Godspeeds that attacked the first Godspeeds, and like, why are y'all attacking each other and like civil war? And so I'm wondering if they're not from the same faction of Godspeeds. Like maybe we know like. Bart and Nora have to be connected somehow to the Godspeed. So, you know, maybe they sent these Godspeeds to attack the other Godspeeds. Like, you know, something, something's going on between they don't have the same masters or, or whatever. So, yeah, that'd be my other kind of possibility. Tati? I don't really got nothing. I mean, 
<laughs> you did. I saw you wrote. You wrote one. Oh, I did. That's right. Okay, <laughs> I forgot. No, that's right. Because I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Okay, so I. Think it's a the, good one. So I think I the purpose of the explosion is that they survive it because of Kramer. She is a meta that she did not know that she was a meta, and that's also how she survived whatever happened with Adam. Maybe he knew about it. Maybe he was trying to awaken the powers in her because he said like she's the only one who could trust or whatever, right? So maybe he was Interesting. like. Interesting. Yeah. There you go. Mm. <laughs> solid solid um yeah good stuff i hope i hope we will end the season on to some satisfaction i oh guess God, we yes, can please. get a few things that we yes. we have enjoyed so that we won't be sour for the rest of the summer let's hope <laughs> lady with gumption of the week who do we choose Iris, we're having, we have Iris were like, there. <laughs> having, the having gumption for not showing up. <laughs> she was like, you know what? It's a my body, my choice to not show up. That woman, oh, there are several. Yeah, that one has several contenders. But who is the contendest? Um, I would I, imagine Ryan. Right? Yeah, Ryan finally stepping up, you know, to her name, getting herself off on parole. Yeah, yeah, I can go with Ryan. I can live with Ryan. Uh, what about legends? Sarah for having the gumption to get shot in the head and then regenerate. I don't know. I know. I feel like it'd have to go either more towards Astro or oh, Spooner. Yes, yes Astro and Spooner. Hmm. Hmm. They were like a. They were like a unit. I don't know. I Faster. guess. <laughs> Spooner. Spooner. Okay. Yeah. She had to be the one to calm this this episode, which is different for her. That's true. That's true. true. She had the gumption to not show how angry she was. <laughs> <laughs> the episode where people were trying not to be angry. <laughs> right. Right. I don't know about Flash. Uh, we can, I'm not going to get it anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. So the winner is Ryan? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so. I feel like it's Ryan. Woo! Ryan! Ryan for the win! Uh, thank you for joining us again. Uh, you can find us over on Tumblr, ladieswgumption.tumblr.com. Send us all your thoughts to ladieswgumption at gmail.com. Follow our live tweets at dctvgumption on Twitter. And listen to us next week when we're back to talk... Not Batwoman, because Batwoman's over, but Legends and The Flash. It's getting shorter and shorter, y'all. Yes, shorter and shorter. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.